plus Right, there we go. We're in. We're in. Uh, we're back for another week. Um, cool. So, it's another Monday. I'm still Michael. Uh, you can tell it's sunny outside here in the UK. Look at this. Like, it's like a halo of light behind me. I haven't just died and gone to heaven uh, or in the process of going doing that. Uh, no, it is just a nice day. God forbid. Uh, I'm also joined, uh, as per usual, uh, by Carlo. Over there. Uh, how, how are you doing this week, Carlo? Uh, good, yeah, except, you know, obviously uh, no games this week at the club, but uh, yeah, been sad a, face. been a while since I've played a game in person, but uh, other than that, you know, I'm doing fine. Cool. And then uh, we're obviously joined uh, by our colleague or friend up here, uh, Peter. Uh, how are you doing, Peter? Uh, pretty good, I guess. I had some games in real life, unlike you, Carlo. No, oh, I don't rub it in. I thought the whole point was to rub it in, right? <laughs> that's uh, that's what we do here. Um, yeah, unfortunately for me and Carlo, uh, everything was going well, and then uh, a bunch of our mates pulled out of our club night on Friday, and it left me with trying to get to Durham with rail strikes on, which is... Rail strikes are a nightmare, <laughs> um, and uh, it also conveniently started raining really heavily. So I took the opportunity to be like, nah, sod that shit. Uh, to which point Carlo was probably already halfway there, walking in the rain uh, and the wind, carrying like a massive box of... No, no, Carlo doesn't leave the house unless absolutely necessary. <laughs> uh, right. Anyway, um, so... You're probably wondering, you're not wondering, you've probably seen the episode title, uh, you've probably already read the description. Do people read nowadays? Is reading a thing still? I don't know. Anyway, um, we have Peter here to discuss the event of the weekend, uh, the major one for us anyway, uh, which was effectively uh, what has, what was um, the Polish national event, or close to it. Um 31 player event it happening. was more like a repetition uh, mm -hmm. like it, it was more like testing of the ground but uh, mm -hmm. apparently a lot of people showed up so yeah. it was organized by the polish uh, distributor war factory as mm -hmm. you may uh, see from its name and they wanted to test the venue for uh, uh, basically for the main event that will take place somewhere i think in autumn mm -hmm. uh, and yeah that's why uh, the, that's why it was only one day etc etc and i think the test went pretty well good overall uh, that is overall good uh that's what you i mean we like to hear when an event goes well right um regardless of who wins or, or what the results were or anything like that uh, a good event is yeah, sidetracked as usual um yeah what um what 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 is the role of war factory peter like um you know are, are they are they are they are they a store um like just as any um, other local gaming store generally would be but they also have this distribution maybe even production kind of contract at the same uh, time uh, I don't want uh, so, so, so I guess they are involved like in uh, many different systems, but for 
Son of Ice and Fire, they uh, basically produce the Polish version. So they print the Polish uh, version of the cards and then put them uh, inside, uh, like, uh, inside the boxes. Uh, and I guess they're like uh, they also uh, uh, consequently they also distribute uh, 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 distribute uh, it uh, to the stores. I don't think they have a specialized store. At least they don't have one in Warsaw. And they were organizing this uh, event basically. So they um, uh, they hosted it. They found the venue. Uh, provided the prizes, uh, and actually they were uh, like they were uh, also present. What I was really positively surprised, they were present there as the as the judges, and they were quite knowledgeable about the rules. Though I've never seen um, the guys like before at uh, at any of the at any of the tournaments. So I was surprised that they were really really well informed about uh, about the rules. And when in doubt, they would also look up the official Simon forum. So that was that was really nice because uh, right now, like since our previous events were not very big, uh, very often um, like judges would be also players of the events, mm -hmm. also organizers. So that would. Um, not only like have some fairness implications, but also like uh, if they're into the, some game, like you, they might not be available like for some time yeah. if you have a rule question. So, so, so not an actual LGS, not 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 a brick and mortar store that you're aware of. It's more of a much yeah. more of a distribution company, or maybe even like a production company. Yeah. Um, do you know? Do you know of any other games um, that like do they produce their own games? Are they are they are they a game developer? Uh, I think it's more. Uh, uh, I I don't want to be. Uh, I think they produce some. Uh, uh, some accessories like uh, dice and stuff uh, uh, okay. uh, like uh, uh, playmats, stuff like this. Uh, I think it's mostly distribution. Uh, for, uh, my bad, like I didn't do my uh, didn't do my research. But uh, as you said, uh, Carlo, like I don't think they have a brick and mortar store. If they do, they need to share their address right now. Yeah, no, that that's really interesting. Uh, I I had always. I was very un, un, unsure of what of what they were, what 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 their relationship to Simon was, and how they how they ended up uh, becoming this um, very in in this very unique situation. Like there there, as far as I'm aware, there are no other equivalents um, in any other country or language um, currently who are who are kind of got these kind of um, distribution rights and these making rights. Uh, though I, I I think it's really positive for the Polish community. Like it's 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 been really good, especially if they're going to step forward and help to run some kind of official organized play. Yeah. It seems like they're doing really, really good things. So it's really interesting to know like who they are and where they came from and how that kind of relationship came together, because it seems like a very positive relationship for, for, for the Polish community. Yeah, totally. Because we also get uh, like uh, we uh, we get sometimes like we get the Polish versions of the boxes before we get the uh, English ones, and then mm -hmm. they will also cost less uh, very often. So uh, and uh, a lot of, uh, and some people, I guess, they're 
uh, more like casual players they might not be that comfortable with english and then that would yeah. also help like uh, help grow some at least casual community like on the professional uh, like on sort of not professional more i don't know how to call it because um, yeah, but on more competitive level, of course, like lots of people would uh, be okay with English. But I guess this uh, having this localized version, it uh, eliminates kind of an additional barrier to yeah, yeah, to, to lots yeah, of players yeah. who want to play with their kids, for example. But unlike, uh, let's say, uh, it's uh, it's just the translation for the cards and the uh, and the rulebook. Uh, because, for instance, like uh, when I was picking up Targaryens, I found that on our local Amazon in Poland, there were super cheap uh, Targaryen starter boxes, and it was a German version. And then everything was translated in German, even like the box cover. So they don't do that; they just like mm. open boxes. Replace the uh, replace the uh, the printed materials with their own. Uh, close the boxes, seal, and put a sticker on it, so you can basically see that it's a Polish version on the shelf. Interesting. I mean, yeah. just on some uh, digging into War Factory there, um, and uh, one of the other games that they support on on quite a large scale um, is uh, Dust nineteen forty seven. Now, um, what's interesting about Dust 1947? It was made by a company with uh, not a uh, not a very interesting name, Dust Studios. Um, <laughs> uh, Dust Studios went out of business in September of last year, um, and Dust seems to be one of the biggest sellers and one of the biggest things that they still push on the War Factory website. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if they are essentially trying to carry the game in in poland um which would be interesting i don't really know but it's a massive part of their website it's uh equivalent in in like prominence to a song of ice and fire um on their website so yeah there you go um yeah i guess we'll uh, we'll see if anything else comes of them it is very interesting though that they do get the stuff uh, essentially early you know for want of a better term um what's the bit that I get confused by, and I do mean really confused at this point, uh-huh. is that they're getting it early. Obviously, they're producing stuff in Poland. I assume it's all produced in Poland um, and replaced and things. But the bit that gets me is that Asmodee France are essentially the distributor for the game in France um, and for all the French versions and everything. But the uh, the version Francais, as, as they call them, um, are often months and months behind um but the french but the french don't get their own version right the french get the multi-language many like european distribution yes. of, which comes with uh italian I think spanish four, four or five languages in right like yeah. i'm not, not it's italian sure. italian spanish french german i think are the four that it uses um, and english because I have a feeling that it depends box to box because like starters will be completely in one language and then some uh, some of the things like hero boxes could be in different languages. So I think... Uh, yeah, the hero boxes cool. the most significant one that off the top of my head. I think I, I ended up with a, um, a European multi-language um, Greyjoy Heroes. Greyjoy Heroes yeah. 1. Yeah, right. exactly. it doesn't even come in Italian. Um, 
It's just the four languages, English, there's, German, there's, French, Spanish. Yeah. There's your four languages. And, uh, and, and like, because of course we're talking about commander cards and things like that, like, and, and, and decks, the, the stack of cards is huge and it's, it's a huge extra. Right. Exactly. It's a huge amount of extra yeah. cards in a, in a pack like that. Yeah. It's odd though, because the boxes are all clearly designed to hold them. That's actually yeah. the thing is that the boxes were designed for the international variants and then obviously just either do or don't get used uh, fully. Um, anyway, anyway, less about uh, random things and more about the event itself. Uh, so we'll dive in and we'll have a little look. Now, um, the... We'll, we'll jump into players, actually. Uh, now, before anyone asks, you're like, oh, you're talking to Peter because he won the event. No. Those of you who have been here for a while will have met Peter on the he channel before. Uh, uh, he didn't mean we will get on to that in a minute. Uh, we're talking to Peter because he asked to talk about it last week. He said there's an event on that's like going to be on. It's basically the equivalent of like a nationals event that we got in Poland for now. Uh, do you want me to come on and talk about it? Because I'll be going. And we said, yeah, go on. Why not? And then he went along and he happened to place first. That is pure coincidence. We had nothing to do with that. And this I is wouldn't not say some kind of thing. placing first is pure coincidence. He's, it's been it's been a long hard road, hasn't it, Peter? Yeah, yeah. Basically, like uh, finally, um, uh, I would say I was very. Uh, um, uh, I was uh, 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 like, if you roll the dice um, uh, long enough, uh, you basically at some point you will be able to dodge Marsaran, uh, Pavel Shevchuk. Uh, uh, Kamel, uh, Blood Raven, uh, and uh, Swavek, and then uh, have a chance to win the event, and then have three games and a massive like thirty-one player, and then yeah, perfect storm. That definitely helps if you participate uh, in uh, um, in enough tournaments. Uh, once you get lucky and dodge all the all the dreaded players. Just need to dodge, dodge the good ones, right? And then you don't have to worry about the rest. <laughs> uh, apparently, I wouldn't, that's, I wouldn't that's, uh, uh, say that others are not good. No, I mean, of course not, right? Uh, there's the the vast majority of players there will give anyone. I mean, any event, right? Will give you a run for a money. Um, but yeah, if you're dodging like half of the favourites, that that does help. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's. Uh, it's certainly interesting. Um, I mean, for me, it's interesting. We see... Uh, eh, I mean, I'm going to throw it out there. You ran Bell, Lass, and Drogo. I'm going to say that you ran Drogo in game one, Drogo in game two, and uh, let me think hard. Drogo in game three? Yep. Yeah, yep. but actually, <laughs> uh, if you if you take a look at my other uh, at the previous tournament that I won, mm -hmm. I got by in the first round, and I was running Drogo and uh, Grey Worm. I ran Grey Worm in game two and Grey Grey Worm in game three. I never ran Drogo there, and mm -hmm. my uh, non Drogo list has a very uh, like specific point. And the point is of not having Jora because I couldn't mm -hmm. come up with a reasonable list uh, with, uh, without uh, Jora and with uh, um, uh, and with uh, Drogo. And then the problem is that uh, in uh, current meta, 
at least at, uh, at one we have in uh, Poland, uh, there are a lot of uh, uh, basically like at least uh, three armies or even four that I can think of can, uh, can come up with reasonable list that can snipe Drogo, uh, uh, sorry, um, Jora out of nowhere. And then you're significantly uh, like uh, you basically that just cripples you very badly. Mm -hmm. it, it's a really interesting discussion because it's it's a thing that I've been looking at myself recently as well and struggling with, mostly because you know I've played entire tournaments with uh, with with Drogo Grey Worm as a pairing, and mm -hmm. even though I think that the Grey Worm Grey Worm is a good commander, and I, I, I in essence like the list um, when it came to the actual event every single time, I was like, yeah, but Drogo is the better pick, so I'm going to pick Drogo. Um, and, and I also played um, a three or possibly even a four round event um, where I just picked Drogo every single time. And it wasn't because, you know, like I had gone into the event intending to do that. It was just as the matchups came up. So I've been looking myself very specifically for something mm -hmm. to pair with Drogo. And I had also come to the conclusion that the only other value that you can add is, um, is, is a list that doesn't feel Jora. And actually, I came up with a not too dissimilar list in that. Well, I mean, it, it has some differences, but I've also decided to throw in a dragon just because why not? <laughs> in another way, it's like, why not also bring something else? The real question I have for you is, is but why Belwas? The, the answer that I ended on, the answer that I ended on was Queen of Marine uh -huh. is probably my second best kind of choice. Mm -hmm. I feel I feel uh, Belwas is a bad uh, choice. Uh, basically, uh, I guess because uh, because I hurt it too much after the previous tournament where where I took the second place from the last one, though. Uh, so it's almost uh, like I should have placed, uh, but in reverse. Um, and I brought Grey Worm there, and uh, uh, basically, like um, uh, the the answer is uh, basically hardened uh, because. Mm -hmm. Uh, because basically, like my tactics for playing uh, the uh, the non drogo uh, non list is to place the pikemen uh, to control the center objective, and uh, uh, basically, like uh, I thought, like that uh, just pikemen with shield wall would be enough. But if you're facing some uh, like uh, some stuff like uh, I don't know, like. Uh, uh, last time it was Nightwatch, they're actually able to kill through that. So I wanted mm -hmm. to, uh, basically, like, my, my point was that I want this uh, unit that uh, keeps the center objective uh, really unkillable and annoying. And apparently, uh, and I wanted the, then to, uh, basically, like, I wanted it to be more, more, like, more, even more defensive. Yeah. I, I I see I see huge value in hardened. Obviously, we all know that hardened is yeah. pretty ludicrous good ability. Um, Taunt even has a place in the Unsullied Pikeman, but personally, I just I can't get past his cards. I just don't think that the cards that he brings are 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 really any value. And actually, the real the real thing that pushes him over the edge for me of um of making him completely non viable is one of the real lists that. I would like to not need to bring Jorah against is of course Mance um, with um, 
and wildling diplomacy or which, whichever one it is you know i forget the one, the one that deals wounds uh, when you activate an ncu um being um one of the ways that you can snipe out jora and really gain gain a tempo on on the targaryen player as uh, as free folk but in the free folk matchup i cannot possibly bear to lose um field control so Elwas being the one single commander who ditches field control is something that I really can't get on board with in, in, in the way that I think about that. I, I get your rationale. Uh, so a few things, uh, uh, here are the few things. Um, uh, basically, like, uh, I figured out that the matchups I'm bringing this list into, I don't care about field control that much because I would play this one into... Uh, and and with free folk, uh, the, uh, I wouldn't play this into free folk because this is like seven activation list, and playing this into nine uh, mm. would be uh, could be really painful. Um, and the thing is, uh, with jo uh, with the Jora list, uh, I could, if it's my turn, I would need basically to uh, like if. Uh, uh, I I would need uh, I would need basically just to take uh, just to take wildland diplomacy into account. So it's either if my opponent decides like to uh, um, uh, basically my opponent would have chat only to play it during my first activation, which is pretty strong. But uh, what I'm saying is basically uh, like my first NCU activation would be. Um, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, would be uh, uh, oh god! Uh, uh, no, uh, 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 no, would be Barristan sell me, and I will no. place uh, play it on Jorah. Mm -hmm. uh, so yes, he's got a chance in that case to block uh, Barristan sell me. I would say I. Uh, I mean, the thing is, it's not as bad as facing an army. Uh, 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 free folk is not as bad as facing army uh, with um, uh, with uh, let's say uh, night watch uh, with uh, um, also NCU because yeah. with wildland diplomacy at least I have a choice not to activate uh, NCU with uh, uh, with Othal um, uh, NCU he's dead uh, turn one, uh, turn two max. And I can't even defend him with Barry. True, mm -hmm. true. Uh, I think uh, Barry is actually quite interesting, and there's uh, there's more to that interaction than people even realize. Um, Barristan sell me as an influence ability is actually simultaneous with so upon claiming a zone, Wildling Diplomacy and Barristan sell me will now both have the choice to do a before resolving oh. zones effect. Meaning that as the active player claiming the zone, you can actually place Barristan Selmy onto Jorah. Meaning that even though you know that Wildling Diplomacy is going to happen, you can protect the thing that you think is about to be Wildling Diplomacy. Of course, your opponent can still still go and put Wildling Diplomacy on a totally different unit, can still do D3 plus one wounds, uh, which is still like a lot, particularly in you know most Drogo lists, you're running Flayed Men Drogo or Blood Riders Drogo. That's still, still a nasty effect. Um, Barristan can actually, if activated as the first NCU each round, uh, can 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 actually entirely protect Jorah from Wildling. 
Um, of course, it uses up Jorah himself. Um, sorry, Bastion himself. He um, he won't he won't be able to block anything else. And there, there's plenty of other things in there, like uh, you know, there's too many or all sorts of stuff that you desperately would like to get rid of. Uh, right. uh, basically, uh, I, gu I guess uh, I guess the other uh, possibility is. Uh, um, uh, I would do that uh, until I get Blood of the Dragon, and then mm -hmm. I can play Blood of the Dragon on uh, veterans. And basically, yeah. at that point, uh, at, at that point, what I can do, like if I use your ability on that turn on some unit, and then like I can activate NCU, I will be yeah, go ahead, like nine yeah. attacks uh, with rerolls and crit blow, I'm fine. Especially, I mean, like, obviously the value, like, Jorah's a, a brilliant piece, of course, right? But, like, activation advantage it most keenly is felt in the preparation phase of the game where, like, people are trying to outmaneuver, outposition. If we're in a situation where any given activation can be a powerful attack, any given activation can kill things and remove things, then having just an activation is no longer such an essentially part, important part. And trading him out at that point for Blood of the Dragon can actually be a really nice bonus. So, yeah, I think um, I, th I think there's a lot to be said for that Drogo list. I think it's really, really hard to find something that pairs with it myself, um, which really adds more value, adds adds value to the pairing, and adds value to the faction. Um, I'm struggling. I've struggled with it for quite a while, um, and uh, I've not come up with any great answers or really seen anybody else come up with an amazing answer. Mm -hmm. uh, look, I can. Uh, uh, here's like the list of the things that I'm. Uh, I will play my second list. Uh, so I will field my non-Jora list in uh, three cases: Tywin Lannister, um, and then um, uh, what is it? Othel uh, NCU and Melisander. It's, it's interesting, you know. Uh, well, what's interesting about that is um, effectively. Uh -huh. I'm not scared of any of those lists. So I'm not going to build a list specifically for any of those lists. Okay. But that's, um, yeah, you know, it can be uh, individual okay. individual local variants. Uh, I, it's, it's been a while since I played a Lannister player at all, to be honest. Never mind, uh, never mind like okay. one that I'd be like, oh, this guy's going to come and win a tournament. Obviously, that's a little bit different around you. You know, some of, uh, some of the most well-known Polish players are Lannisters. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's interesting that that's what you'd build for, and that's what you're working around. Mm -hmm. Why? Um, and basically, and basically, that also explain uh, explains the dragon because he would be particularly good about uh, against any Baratheon list, mm -hmm. and the uh, unsolid swordsman uh, also like uh, yeah. basically armor piercing stuff. I, again, I find the Baratheon one quite interesting, which is I find that um, the Drogo list I've been playing, which is almost identical, I think the only difference that you run is is um, you run uh, Blood Riders instead of um, instead Blade of Blade Men. Um, yeah, it, I, I've also recently moved to using uh, Tycho over what I used to use was a Fortune Seeker and a yeah. and I used Peter Baelish. But mm -hmm. uh, as I discussed. Mm -hmm. Just a while ago, um, last time I played that in a tournament, I thought that the move to Tycho would be would be better, and uh, I still stick with that. I think that's that, that, that's a benefit. Though I do sometimes think about running Jack and Agar for the double Barristan Selmy. You're already at five points. It is 
is interesting. It does really like really clamp down on that Night's Watch matchup um, if they're going to bring uh, Ranger Hunter doubles. Um, anyway, but uh, I think that um, I've never had a problem with a near-identical list. I think that it plays really, really well into Baratheons. Um, I think that Baratheons should fear it with, like, you know, the... Particularly, particularly with the uh, Flayed Men variant, maybe more than the Blood Rider variant. I just think that really, there's, there's nothing that Drogo Flayed Men can't kill. There's nothing. There's nothing. It's it's super interesting listening to to you two talk about like your list building and theories and things like that. Um, especially when we consider like the different approaches, right? In terms of what you're effectively afraid of, for want of a better term. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's very interesting because I think that what betrays perhaps good or bad list building um, and good and bad factions is the things you're afraid of, right? Yeah. Um, it's it's very interesting. Like I mean, you mentioned him. Othel, right? Reach people. People mm-hmm. are already afraid of Mel and Othel in particular. Um, to some extent, uh, Wilding Diplomacy from Mance as well springs to mind. Uh, because it's reach it's damage that can happen across the board um uh, i'm not going to say with no counterplay there is counterplay to some extent but with limited counterplay it feels like the counterplay is is kind of like counter to you winning the game so you don't want to have to do it um i find that very interesting because in my head i just kind of sit back and go okay well, I can't do anything about it, so I'm not even going to try. Like, I, I just, I, I, I separate them off into a separate box of, well, if that works and it just absolutely spaggers me, then I'm going to lose anyway. So I'm best off not thinking about that, and I'm best off thinking, how do I beat the rest, the other, like, 35 points of their list? Because if I can beat the other 35 of their points of their list while Offal's shooting me, yeah, Offal will have a crapshoot, yeah, Offal will kill everything. And I go, right, well... Uh, it's the end of round five, and you've got no units left on the board. So I win. And they go, oh, but my offer was killing everything. I go, and? <laughs> that wasn't the win condition. I've well, changed uh, the game. I, I mean... Uh, so, yeah. It's it's fine if he's depleting uh, the units, but if he's... Uh, Jorah is basically like um, a centerpiece to make the veterans work. Mm-hmm. Mm. He is, he is. Without Jorah, veter- veterans are kind of worthless. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously not worthless, but they they go from he he really he really drives their efficiency, right? Like, oh yeah. That that combo, I I wouldn't feel veterans without him, right? And and, and I'm always incredibly sad when Jorah bites it. And I'm like, oh, it's fine. I've still got the veterans, and then I like start moving these veterans around. I'm right right in people's flank, and even like in the and, and I'm attacking the units that I've wanted to attack all game. And just without those rerolls, without that precision, yeah, um, it, it's it, it's not the same impact. No, but um, yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I agree with like the sentiment that you're talking about, which is is that um, particularly particularly recently, the the struggles that I've been having with Greyjoys, the game is incredibly different. Like the entire game is incredibly different. If once our lists are locked in. If you believe that you have a obvious and 
straightforward route to winning the game, right? And it can be incredibly simple, it get, and it needs to not rely on luck, right? Like, not, not like, you know, in, in your mind, it can't be, oh, I've got this, like, one in three chance that, like, I'll kill Jorah on turn one or something like that. Like, your, 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 your battle plan can't revolve around you doing a crowns test on, on, on the mountain that rides, right? Like, that, that's, not a, that's not a plan to win. But I think that whenever I played Greyjoys, it was incredibly reliant on me having XYZ card at XYZ time, or it was reliant on me uh, making a big play. It was make it relied on me, particularly the lists that I was playing. It relied on me um, making some kind of big coordination tactics play uh, to make. Um, so I was playing a lot of Dagmar with Victorian, so I'm gaining extra activations, and that was going to get me to outposition my opponent. Plus, then it was going to be like Dagmar plus Gang Up plus all these things, like this perfect storm, right? And I've got in my mind, yes, this is like an amazing situation if it comes off. But if from the outset of the game, all these pieces have to fall in place for my battle plan to work, it just doesn't work very often. Whereas if you come into the game, and it's as simple as, well, my, my current Jorah strategy is roughly, um, sorry, my Drogo strategies, they roughly revolve around. Okay, it's as simple as this. I deploy in the middle of the table. I see which side he's weak on. And then I move all my cavalry to that side on one turn where he can't attack me. And then I pounce on him. Mm-hmm. And I pounce on the weakest thing that he's got. And then I retreat. And then I pounce on another weak thing and I retreat. And it's as simple as that. There's no, There's no real subtlety and specialty if i get assault orders that's great if i get xyz it's great if blue the dragon comes up that's great but i think that when you come into a game and you're like desperately like oh i need to not lose jura because xyz and you begin the game thinking that you're fighting an uphill battle mm-hmm. even whether it's true or not honestly whether it's true or not if you believe that you're fighting an uphill battle from the start you think, I must do this, 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 and this before Offal kills all of my army or before Offal kills Jorah. I must do this, this, and this before so-and-so does too much damage to me, before Melisandre panic bombs one of my units off the table. Then it puts you under a huge amount of pressure. And I think that that pressure beats people mm-hmm. no matter what level you're at, right? Like, no matter what level you're at, if you feel under pressure to win the game, quickly at any given time then you're going to be having a much harder time than if you feel in control of the way that the game's going to play out mm-hmm. yeah. so for me personally when i'm writing lists i'm trying to make sure that when i come to the table i i don't feel like i'm behind i don't feel like i have to fight an uphill battle i think i think the big thing for might just be me again i always think it's like is there any glaring weaknesses to a list like is there anything about this list that i really just like i don't like how this would face into xyz types archetypes or styles or certain units um if there's particularly unit types that i don't want to face and i i categorize unit types um similarly so i'll categorize like hunters and veterans in a same kind of way even though they're different uh, and they do function differently 
um, I categorize them very similarly in terms of how they function and how you catch them and how you have to kill them. Um, so as a result, I go, right, is this list good against those things? And if it's not, then I either immediately abandon the idea and start afresh, or I say, well, this is the second list. This is not the list that faces those types of things. This is faces everything else. Um, but I willingly accept I can't... I, I, and I personally think this is a, a lesson put for everybody. I don't think that the inclusion of one five-point NCU in your opponent's list should dictate your list building so heavily. Because I think that if it is dictating your list building so heavily, you are... I can say, right, I've run Mel, and you go, oh, right, well, I'll take a good morale army, and then I'll go, right, and I've got all of this shit that now deals that your list that you put together with great morale can't handle. And you'll be like, haha, Mel won't kill me, and I go, yeah, but you won't win. You can't, like, you're not going to kill me either. Um, and I think that people get the caught fact, in traps like that. Effectively, the fact that it's entirely remote, the fact that mm -hmm. Mel is, the fact that Mel is entirely remote and that uh, Offal is also entirely remote, means that there is no on-table gameplay interactions no. that stop you from targeting my weakness, no. right? No, so, so effectively, everything that is easily double-tapped by those things mm -hmm. is a thing that can't be played. Like, it can't be played. I think, well, the problem is it can't be played otherwise, if you Otherwise, come turn two, mm -hmm. I'm in a massive hole and... And now I'm under this incredible amount of time pressure. Mm -hmm. Must win the game very early. Wise, I'm too far behind. And like, how am I supposed to come back from that? No, I agree. And and the only thing that can double tap anything in the game is awful, right? Because um, Melisandre can't actually do it unless she takes crowns. Um, so yeah. depends on what we're talking about, right? Like right, not yeah, everything yeah. has twelve wounds. No, right. well, no, yeah. I mean, if you're, you're running free, man, yeah. <laughs> rip <laughs> um but yeah like, i think the pro i think people get too caught on it though personally um don't get me wrong i do think it's relevant i do think it's something I mean, to get says, it says, says guy who says guy who runs morale five army continuously you know like it's easy to be okay not concerned by it when you're running when you're running stocks eight nine activation lists that also have five morale bubble like you know that that's no i i will say the same thing with stocks and i've run the stark list into it as well and it's no success mickey no success you you don't run stocks in tournaments no you i don't, don't run stocks play, in tournaments, you but... don't play high level play at, at stocks no. you play now and again random games yeah. it's an entirely different it's an entirely different ecosphere Right, but to I say, think to say I think, that you have like a rounded approach and understanding to all these things mm -hmm. is not true when eighty to ninety percent of your lens of gameplay is through free folk. Yes, you have played these other sure. factions, and yes, you have theory built with them, but it's very different to like an approach to taking them to a tournament mm -hmm. with the intent to win, where other high-level players are at. That's fair enough. Now, I. I... I still think that if you're going to hamstring your entire list building because of a five point, the existence of a five point NCU in a faction, and that hamstrings your entire list building opportunities completely, um, then like that's an issue for game balance that is a problem. I wouldn't. 
I wouldn't, uh, I don't really feel it hamstringing because basically like in 95%, I feel uh, very comfortable playing the Drogo list and mm -hmm. I just need my second list to cover those uh, those uh, other like 5% that, uh, for instance, when running in this event, I never, uh, I never met anyone who would, who would be like a particular um, a threat to to Jora, so that's why I never uh, ran it, mm -hmm. and I don't really need like two variations of Drogo list. I feel like I'm good enough, like with um, with just one, it achieves pretty much like the same stuff. So mm -hmm. um, uh, also, Carlo, uh, like I wanted to go through a couple of things Carlo mentioned. So yeah, I tried running uh, the Fortune Seeker in. Um, uh, in uh, veterans, I uh, think that the main goal of him is basically the healing, and then basically, uh, then basically, I realized that Tycho gives a more effective healing than Fortune Seeker because realistically, you will heal like what, like three, three or four wounds uh, uh, at best, and yeah. then you also need this rapid yeah. healing when you need just to get an extra rank on your on your veterans. So uh, and because of their five plus save, you do need this uh, rapid healing uh, somehow or some sort of healing. Uh, and then regarding uh, the flayed man, uh, so the thing is, um, uh, I uh, I see that there are a lot of uh, a lot of uh, high morale armies, and even with uh, uh, so first like the uh, 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 and and then there are two things. For, so first is uh, actually I found out that uh, six plus uh, 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 that for for morale like this plus one morale on blood riders really does mm -hmm. make difference for survivability uh, even with uh, uh, even with uh, the iron uh, resolve and second basically um thing is I wasn't that much a fan of Flayedman and Targaryen because uh, they don't have this ability uh, to generate uh, to generate panic tokens very easily, and the thing is, the only ability to generate panic tokens, surprise, surprise, is the uh, is the blood riders, and basically a lot of cases where I would I would want like to double down on panic. I would uh, basically blood riders would also be pretty good because um, uh, 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 because uh, uh, like because because they would generate like the panic token and on top of that uh, also like I have no way um, uh, uh, like except of Jora I don't have uh, much of armor piercing in this list. Uh, mm -hmm. So basically, like that would be the other thing that I would be looking at. And uh, final thing is that uh, a final thing for for blood riders is that Cal uh, is that Cal and Targaryen deck has two cards that work uh, that basically are much better complementary to blood riders uh, than uh, the uh, than. Uh, uh, um, then Flayedman. This is Adrivat uh, because uh, on charge it gives you nothing, uh, and then uh, the uh, and then b uh, blood and um, uh, 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 fire and blood basically also like half of the effect is gone mm -hmm. when used on uh, Flayedman. Uh, for uh, Interesting. for, for Interesting. 
So, I mean, I think that, um, so, so there's some really interesting points there, um, uh, which, uh, most of which, you know, are, are things that I'd like considered myself. There is actually a third card. Uh, for a start, I don't consider Adravat a card. It, that card says... <laughs> draw um, one card. That's what that card says, draw one card, in my opinion. Uh, everything above that line might as well not be there. Um, <laughs> but... Um, it's, that, a free, uh, it's a free VP. Sorry, what's that? It's, it's a, a free, free VP. It's a free VP in some scenarios, right? If I think if you've got it in hand and you're looking at the board thinking, yes, I am like, like, let's say Drogo's in combat with a unit with one wound. Yes, you're going to play Adravat and go, right, I just got a free VP because I just didn't have to roll a dice and I did an auto wound with, jo uh, with Drogo. Yes. I think there's a lot of situations where that gets cycled, though. Um Anyway, um, actually, interestingly, the card just to the right of it, Ride by Attack, is actually, once you start to play Flayed Men a lot, you realize that Ride by Attack really doesn't work on Flayed Men. No. The yeah. five move versus the six move is actually one of the only reasons where I, which I think about Riders for. Uh, quite importantly, um, when you make a march, a 12-inch move out of combat with Ride by Attack, you can move directly through the unit that you're engaged with, go into its back, turn around, face it, and it's not allowed to pivot. When you have 10-inch movement, you can't make that move. You can't make it through the other right. unit and still be an inch away. So that 11, uh, sorry, that 10 to 12 movement difference is actually super important. And there are other times where like two extra inches on your first initial like movement swinging around the board can be really, really important. But on the on the other fronts with the other things, I would counter your uh, discussion about um, even down at um, say like five or six morale, right? You say that the five morale on the Blood Riders is a big improvement over the six. I say yes, it really, really is. An intimidating presence is one of the key abilities in the entire game. If I can include one source of intimidating presence in a list, I really, really will look to do it. I think that. The fact that it works not only on their own attacks, that it works on all attacks when engaged, that it helps when right. I really need to get a unit killed and suddenly I engage with Drogo and I start double tapping veterans into their flank or something like that, then suddenly like that that intimidating presence now has tons and tons and tons of value. So uh, I, I actually uh, rate intimidating uh, presence more than anything uh, else on played men. Uh, thing is, uh, thing is, if I get Drogo into somebody and then double tap veterans in their flank uh, using Jora. It's probably dead anyway without any panic saves. Mm, this is the thing. Um, this is why, uh, this is why I don't fear Baratheon, right? Because, because there are things, things in the game that can stand up to that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but then like uh, Baratheons have like 5 plus morale. Anyway. Uh, I forget. I forget some of your other points. Um, I I I find myself uh, the flayed men actually the panic damage isn't you know other than this intimidating presence and this wide source that everybody's going to gain this benefit from it. I personally find that like just their on charge, uh, their ability, their their crit low on charge, and that they are one of the few units outside of fire and blood. Um, they are one of the few units that can threaten to do twelve wounds at any given time or more specifically, more than 12 wounds, that they can actually roll seven dice, 
and gain eight, nine, ten hits. And that can follow up with a panic test that, because of gain intimidating presence, can do anywhere up to four more wounds. The sheer threat that it could kill a unit in one action is way more powerful than the Blood Riders, who, if you have 12 wounds, they will never kill something. There is no card other than Adravat that can get you over that threshold, that can get you into dealing 12 wounds. Um, and, so, uh, and so, yeah, I think that that is actually a really, really key thing. Ever since they decided, for whatever given reason, to pin the highest attack profile practically in the whole game to seven, I think that the value of things that can go above seven hits and the threat that that puts out is very, very high. Uh, Starks on swords, uh, carrying what has been Starks basically um, for a while, uh, along with Tilly Cavaliers with Lance, right? Uh, both abilities that basically allow uh, spike damage. Um, I think there are some factions that don't rely on it, like Baratheons, we know, don't really rely on spike damage. But I mean, the champions of the stag, which we see as kind of like very much a mainstay now of Baratheons. Um, Yes, they're picked because they're cavalry and they have two plus armor and a five plus morale, right? They're ridiculously tanky. But mm -hmm. they also do conveniently have crit blow and put out vulnerable yeah. tokens. <laughs> so there's that spike damage we just talked about. Um, so, you know, it, it's... I don't, think, I don't think it's just a random meme. I don't think it's coincidence. I think it is very much like this stuff is good because it is good at killing stuff that's not armored. And... Uh, potentially rolling more hits having more hits is a very 1.6 mentality um generating more potential hits is just more potential to just blow a unit up and this is actually why i think we've seen a move away from stuff like hardened actually in the meta um it's why hardened has taken a bit of a back seat because i think most people went yeah hardened's pretty damn good and this is a pain in the ass to deal with and so people are now either saying, right, I have explosive tools that might work to blow it up. Or what I'll do is I'll have something like Flayed Men in the list, which goes in and goes, ah, oh, did one wound. And I go, yeah, but here's four more from a panic. You're dead. Um, and they, they, they have now units designed to target the weakness of those hardened units, which is why when we see the likes of the Lannister builds now coming out with the Adam Warrior Sun spam, where it's like, I'm hardened and good morale that starts mm -hmm. to become more of a problem and Hardened really does start to shine there because there isn't a secondary weakness to that unit. Um, so... Morale's not that good, unfortunately. No, that's one of the, that's yeah. one of the worst parts about Warrior Sons. Like, yeah. they, got, they got some dirty. Like, if you consider that that your average Targaryen, your average Night's Watch has five, you know, just like average Joe who lives on the wall. Like, the Warrior Sons, like, they're not they're not they're not they're not what they were like you know to be fair they're basically i mean you could kind of pin them as veterans of the watch with inbuilt hardened basically i'm losing losing the ability to do counter strike back right and the minus one to hit they're, they they are not far from like awful commander in um night's watch veterans in terms of like output and defense 
the thing for me that makes Drogo so prevalent, right, isn't actually the overt power of Drogo. He is strong. Assault Orders is a great card. Um, that his other cards, which I don't rate that highly, can nearly all be played to draw another card is also a huge bonus to those cards. And his deck, his deck just plays very, very quickly. You can burn through the whole thing by like turn four or five. What actually makes Drogo so powerful, and particularly Drogo when used with Jorah, with used with other things, so you start to throw in the ability to have rerolls and have precision. Expert Duelist, plus whatever he's in, plus precision, there is nothing that you can't fight. That's what actually makes him so widely used. Not that he's super, super, super powerful, but that there is nothing that he couldn't kill. So you're there listing like, oh, I'm hardened and I'm this and I'm that. And I'm like, cool, three plus, I'll kill you. And that you're no longer safe. And again, it's like similar to this idea with the flayed men, that you're no longer safe from me mean changes your whole mentality about the combat, changes your whole mentality about the game. You're, 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 you're trying to hide really important key pieces away from Drogo rather than using them really aggressively. And mostly this is defensive abilities. That's what he's really, really good at getting rid of. He's really good at charging in and taking rid, taking away the defensive ability before it even ever gets a chance to like have an effect. Um, and if you're hiding your defensive unit rather than pushing it out in front and using it, utilizing its defensive kind of, you know, keywords, then they might as well not exist anyway. So I think that that is actually what makes Drogo so hard to pair with, to, to like, to, to make another list around, to have a real different dynamic because Drogo covers so many bases and it's probably, you know, again, comes back to this idea about why people, it, it's gone, it's gone, it's gone cool, actually. The conversation has sort of moved on at last, eventually, but people have a real issue with expert duelist and it being on cavalry specifically, which is that there's nothing you can put on the table and just be like, I, I, I won't lose, or I, like, I can't die, or I can't, I, I can't, this unit can't be beaten. Which is actually, again part of drogo's problem as well in that he is a almost one size fits all solution for targaryen it's just like what's the best thing to put on the board to beat this probably drogo what's the best thing to put on the board that defeats this probably drogo what's the best thing to put on the board that beats this oh well this unit might be better in this very unique situation but i'll take drogo anyway because that situation is quite rare <laughs> um and that's that's that for me is the main I mean, issue. Yeah. Uh, worst thing about Drogo is that it basically mandates. Uh, I mean, I had some ideas, but uh, realistically, you're bound into taking like an eight point unit. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, if you run him in Screamers. Um, I want. I, I want to actually. I was uh, uh, like, I have this wild idea about running him in um, in Hedge Knights. I feel like that wouldn't be trash. The problem is, is, yeah. that, is it better? Yeah, if you're desperately uh, trying to save a point, I, I do believe that often turning Flayed Men into Hedge Knights is not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. 
but it's a point that oh, I would have it. I will spend it. I will turn hedge knights into flayed men very regularly. No matter what faction you are, like effectively, like unless there's a really specific reason that you're talking about hedge knights, um, they the the overall package that I see of flayed men. I, I don't consider them to be panic based damage. I just consider them to be a very efficient all round unit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can they uh, uh, they can both attack and defend like pre- uh, and soak uh, soak in damage and still stay like uh, still stay relevant even without mm-hmm. charging. Uh, so that's uh, that's true. But the same is basically could be said about blood riders. Yeah. Save the panic damage and uh, they don't attack. They do nothing. <laughs> the big thing with blood riders they, is that. They, they 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 generate the the, uh, the tokens. Yeah, they 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 choke and they support. They are they are a good support unit, but I no longer I'm no longer happy with their their frontline ability. Ever since, I mean, it's weird that like now that they don't heal, I care more about the fact that they don't do that much damage. Um, but that's because like they no longer necessarily win like super protracted combat, and they're not explosive as well. It means that. I'm they feel like a sweeper. They they feel like a sweeper now, and the problem is is that you don't need sweepers in a Drogo army when you've got veterans because veterans are just better sweepers, um, mm. clearing up crap that's on low wounds and guaranteeing kills with Warcry. Yeah, 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 that's great. But like, how did you get those units to low wounds? What generated the low wound units for you to come in and sweep up? Because it could be a Dothraki veterans Jora combo, in which case, like, well done, but. Drogo inflamed men can achieve that as well. Um, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm not saying it's bad, right? It's definitely not bad at all. Uh, but it's not the direction I would personally go. Um, mm. And yeah, men... it's really, it's really on touch, touch and go. I really yeah. do think that like there are a lot of pros and cons to to the blood riders versus the flayed men as a as a specific discussion. The veterans are a decent amount behind in terms of like Drogo veterans. If you weren't running another unit of veterans, you could maybe throw them into the pile as a consideration, but it's not the same. Like you you lose the, um, you you lose the real soaking tanking ability that Drogo has um, and you, and that he brings with iron resolve specifically. And that, you know, like nobody wants to begin engaged with Drogo because he's just auto wounding you continuously and pushing through damage. But, I yeah, also, I, think, um, I think the three of them are the only viable options. Uh, I had not given enough consideration, shall we say, to 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 um, hedge knights. They could maybe be in the discussion. You know what? Maybe Zorses. I would take Zorse before I before I took Screamers. But like Screamers, just uh, you, you're cheaping out on the unit that you want to do a lot. I think Zorse defensively is also just going to die, but. Um... Uh, yeah, Zorse might be interesting, uh, especially with Ride By. It actually utilizes Ride By a lot more with the Zorse. Um So you could uh, jump behind the enemy and then get those coveted rear charges with Zorse Riders. Ho oh, ho! All those abilities, you'll do so much! And then you'll immediately just like whiff on all your attack dice and cry in a hole. <laughs> hey, I could assassinate you, or I could just turn off all your abilities anyway. Um, yeah. 
Uh, anyway, no, obviously the lists, uh, it's great. Uh, yeah, again, Belwas. <laughs> Belwas winning an event without actually getting played. Bel Belwas is one of those commanders which I don't think will ever win an event on his own. Like I, like I think Belwas literally has someone carry him to event wins so many times it's unreal, um, and it's usually Drogo. But uh, but yeah. So how was the actual event itself then, uh, Peter? So uh, basically, the venue was absolutely fantastic uh, because you can uh, you see there like there is a, ro a lot of room and mm -hmm. what's uh, what's uh, very important right now it was a seed. Uh, because it's plus 30-something already in Poland, so getting pretty hot. Mm -hmm. But what was absolutely fantastic, um, I think you can't see there, like, uh, 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 like down there, like, uh, on the right, you can see there, there is, like, some wind uh, part of the window uh, right next to the, um, uh, to this, uh, um, uh, to those boxes and the walls. Yeah. And that window, you basically come there, and you can order food from a restaurant nearby. And they would just give you a plate with a restaurant food. You got a menu there. like, And it's really like high quality restaurant. It's not like a, a cheap restaurant or, or, or some basic catering. It's like quality restaurant food. That's, that's you get awesome. there. It's it's overkill. Like <laughs> I can't think of a better uh, of, of a better place. Uh, frankly, I don't know what else should I uh, should I think. I I don't know. Like a, a band playing music from Game of Thrones, maybe. <laughs> um, I do have one thing that I want to ask because it it did pique my interest when yeah. I saw this over the weekend. Are those Christmas decorations hanging up on the ceiling? Oh, I just noticed only when you mentioned it, but yeah, I guess. <laughs> Didn't notice all weekend. Uh, yeah, well, there you go. Well, I mean, if you don't take it off, you don't need to put it on again, right? That is, uh, that's an efficient, uh, efficient man talking. Uh, right, yeah, so, I mean, it looks like the, say, the venue was really good. Um, I know that they're hosting, like, an actual proper event. You've mentioned it before, they're hosting, like, a a full-on event later that later this year is that looking to be a two-dayer or just a one do you know uh, i don't know yet uh basically like uh, uh basically when i saw that there were like 30 person i uh, told them hey like guys uh it uh, uh, like the guidelines say that for 31 for 30 per, uh, people uh, you should basically have five games. Can we at least get four? Uh, but at that point, I guess the schedule was already on and there were no possibilities. So that's why uh, that was also the other reason why I was able to win it. I think um, contributed greatly. So uh, navigated uh, along the, like, um, what is it? Strategically, uh, strategically didn't complete the last game because I thought like we couldn't play into the lunch break. So I was really unhappy uh, that I couldn't like uh, finish it. But then I understand how how lucky I was. Uh, and then um, uh, and so, so, so then basically we had like three uh, four people that won uh, all three games and it came down to secondary points. So I guess that was. Uh, and, and that was uh, really sad, like because uh, those other people were 
as uh, um, basically as worthy of getting uh, of getting the the first place as uh, as I did. Um, uh, so uh, so that was uh, the uh, the obvious uh, downside and the reason why you need to scale up the number of games with the amount of players. Mm -hmm. So hopefully, like this uh, this follow up event, uh, 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 this follow up uh, event. Uh, we'll uh, we'll take two days, or we will play at least four games in one day. Uh, I don't know, uh, but yeah, this one uh, this one was more to uh, test the uh, to to test the venue, to test the organization. And speaking of which, like I told you, I will be doing some public shaming of uh, some uh, SOF stats. Um, so there are uh, two issues, and basically I ran into them when I organized events myself. So one of the issues you could have seen in results, sometimes it accounts for the games twice. So basically what they did, like they canceled the, 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 the game result and then manually adjusted the score, but mm -hmm. then we completed the game, so it's screwed up again, but the, the, the event is over, so uh, nobody cares. Uh, so that's one thing. And second, the uh, um, the pairing uh, that avoids the same club in the first round doesn't work at all. It just uh, it just doesn't generate any pairings. Like uh, see, uh, just, just, uh, doesn't generate any pairings, and you need to go all over again. See, that's an odd one because uh, I know Carlo is aware of some of the stuff. Um... But I'm actually gonna. I'm and, gonna I was, and I and I was risking my tournament life be, because of that, <laughs> basically because I, I never. I, uh, so so this team Pivnica. So Pivnica is uh, basically a seller in Swavek's house yes. where they play on Tuesdays, and I've never been there. So uh, basically, he, uh, somebody just suggested that I put it there, so I have like a little bit better chance of uh, winning it. And sure thing, I did. Now I can just pretend I just wanted to play the first game against people I don't know. So it's a big event. <laughs> Some people like from other cities and clubs, right? But uh, let's be let's be honest, guys. Uh, yeah, uh, nobody wants to 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 face like uh, Swavek, Marsara, or Kamel game one. So there you go. Uh, this terrible, is yet another recipe. All three of them terrible sportsmen. Nobody wants to face them. Yeah, horrible people, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, especially especially if you're like me and uh, regularly uh, come to the uh, to to the events uh, extremely sleepy for no apparent reason, like for just I don't know uh, drinking on the eve of the event or just like painting some unrelated shit until two a.m. or whatever other reason. Like uh, I have not to sleep proper hours. I like I I think I can just count really like very few events where I wasn't like super sleepy. So yeah, uh, for this first game, I just want something. Was it? Uh, I, I don't want to, to have a super An challenge. I don't want to dunk my opponent. I, I, I would say I don't want to super challenge in game. Yeah. Let's put it this way. Uh, I, I remember all the way back at the LGT uh, last year, uh, Swabek's first game on the Saturday um i think he was playing stephen reed i think 
Um, and bear in mind at this point, we only knew Sarvek, like we knew him by this point. He'd been on there on the Friday, uh, but we didn't know him inc incredibly well. Anyway, he turns up to the venue and um, I just remember everyone was like setting out and things like that. And Stephen had got to the table and Suavec wasn't there. And he said, oh, I'm playing this guy Suavec. I'm playing Suavec. And I said, oh, I, I, I think that's over him, like over there at the side of the venue and the guy's got a, like a yoga mat out and he's meditating and everything like that and honestly steve's face just kind of like dropped as if he was like shit this guy's taking it far more seriously than i am <laughs> uh, um and he, he just it was it was funniest shit i've ever seen um but yeah no uh it was it was obviously a love uh lovely guy of course um Whatever gets you up in the morning. Oh, yes. and he brought uh, he, he he brought Starks to the last two events, and uh, that mm -hmm. was uh, actually I, I really loved his thought process. He is a big fan of uh, cutthroats, so he was running like um, uh, he was running. In uh, I faced him like and uh, the, uh, like and uh, and basically that was one game uh, in a very long time when uh, when I just resigned. Um, he, yeah, he he's got this. Uh, uh, he he. Uh, oh, now he brought two cut throws, but before it was just one with Grey John Amber, and I just didn't realize that this is just like a suicide bomb, basically that kills one of my units, almost dies, and then you charge into it, and then it kills your second unit. Okay, that was worth five points. Mm -hmm. I guess you you can also spice it up like uh, you can spice it up with. Um, I don't know, like with uh, Diana Stark on top? You can do, yeah. He runs the Catelyn, uh, but you can, of course, run Lyanna if you wanted to. Um, this is the nine activation Stark list that I... Like, this is the the, the, oh, yeah. the great John Umber version, dropping the Kranigs for the, the, the Cutthroats. Um, this is what I think is... And I know that um, uh, Sir Jacob of Glace is winning events and beating a lot of the, the other top TTS players with a nine activation Eddard variant, which is very similar. Um, this is this is the nine activation Stark list that I think pairs well with a Tully Cavalier style list um, into a dual pairing, uh, personally. Uh, something that can compete with the high activations that, you know, Night's Watch or Free Folk can put out and just put out fucking tons of damage. <laughs> just, uh, just trade units, you know, just, just literally just run headlong into combats and trade units off the board as quick as you can um, and make the game a bloody mess um, and hope you come out on top. <laughs> uh, 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 and then I was uh, thinking Liana because when you uh, play in wolf spawn then you can just like suicide wolves to then have like... Yeah, I mean, you uh, call it suicide. It, 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 it pairs nicely with this. Uh, I don't remember what what's this uh, big uh, big John's uh, card. Last stand, I think, when you do like a, an uh, an attack with yeah 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 with zero help when you die, you do an attack at back. Um, yeah yeah exactly. Especially like if if it's cutthroats or if it's uh, um, if it's uh, what is it? Uh, Jesus, uh, the wolf that comes Shaggy. with. Uh, yeah, Shaggy Dog, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, uh, that can be super spicy. The classic is running full health Shaggy in onto a unit and going, right, uh, even, like, if, even if the unit's unactivated, you just literally run Shaggy in on full health and go, right, okay, that's uh, four dice, usual attack profile, whatever, and then go, 
cool, there's some dice, I've got some hits. Uh, I'm going to take three wounds to do four wounds back to you. And go splat. Well, there's a rank gone automatically, plus however many hits you fail, plus a vicious panic test. Um, and if you really want to be hilarious, you play uh, Northern Ferocity on said panic test, meaning that it's at plus two. You've got your vulnerable and vicious there to really double down on it. And if they manage to do one wound back to Shaggy, you just go, and last stand, right, and now you're dead. <laughs> um, or you, uh, you meme and you do that as the last activation of the round. And then you open with an assault orders play or a swords play, and go right. That unit's dead. Now Shaggy's on one wound. What else can I charge? Um, it's uh... and then you get zero points because you were playing against fucking free folk. Hey, <laughs> doesn't matter. You're killing two or three I'm units. Pretty sure you died. I'm pretty sure you died to traps before you even got there, Peter. Don't worry about it. Carlo, Carlo knows. Uh, yeah. A wolf dying to traps. Yeah, that's that's the way to do it. Wolves dying to traps. <laughs> Just like 1.6. Oh. Um, anyway. So. Um, no, it's good. It's great to see that the event went well. And it's great to see. I mean, what I what I always like oh, is... Oh, yeah. In, in top three, uh, three yeah. players, no, uh, no free folk, no Night's Watch. Yep. Um, even, well, I mean, top four, technically, Kosek had a Night's Watch entry. Technically? Uh, uh, we, uh, well, uh, I mean, actually, like, in top three tables, there were no oh. night, uh, like, uh, in the light, uh, last round, top three tables, there were no free folk and no night's watch, so he, I think, um, he got, like, very low secondary points, uh, yeah. so, uh, he was, yeah. <laughs> Interestingly, uh, in his game, I actually think it was a night's watch versus free folk, so the winner of that game, so uh, fourth position was always going to be... <laughs> like the other one um no i mean it's positive right it's a positive thing to see again like we, we say this time and time again don't we carlo it's fantastic to see faction variants yet again mm -hmm. um but yeah except great what, what, what are the um what are the stats on the uh, faction entries let's have a look what do you think what do you think had the highest win rate uh, win rate wise, uh, well, I've seen I've seen a number of Targaryens up at the top, so it could be Targs. Uh, but I mean, entry wise, I, I I think I think it's probably going to be Lannisters and uh, Lannisters and Baratheons is most popular. I was actually more concerned with kind of okay. popularity and stuff. It's good to see Adam Marbrand getting some play. You'd be uh, right with yeah, Baratheon. Pretty much now on head there. High high free folk turnout actually, but other than that. Yeah. Interestingly, uh, Baratheon. I mean, Night's Watch with nine win, nine games, sixty-seven percent win rate is definitely not statistically small. Um, it's not like the usual thing where they've played like four games and it's one person running them uh, as the highest win rate faction. Um, so that is quite interesting. But Baratheons again posting sixty-four percent across the event, and Targaryens with a healthy sixty. Um, it is in fact free folk uh, at fourteen games. Um, and only a 43% win rate is the last, like the lowest statistical relevance one, with neutrals not picking up a win from one player, and uh, and Greyjoy's only having two players picking up only one win. I mean, the Greyjoy, that's not statistically relevant, but bloody hell, like that's that's sadness. Um, that's really. I'm not going to get into a whole math discussion with you, but I don't understand how you think five and one is not statistically no, well, relevant. No, I, what I mean by and, that is, but fourteen and six is 
You know, like that's 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 a complete bastardization of what yeah. the word statistical yeah, significance means. You know, right, like, this is short none way of, of explaining those, none of those numbers are statistically significant. I mean, statistically for event, significant to what? <laughs> like, right for the event, it's an it's an easy way of saying like big lie and then statistics, right, Carlo? Yeah, exactly. Um, I think the difference is is that when you've got like only two Greyjoy players. Like I know it's always down to the player, but when you've only got one or two players of a faction, it's heavily weighted by how ultimately how good that player is. Um, which we've always said in in 2021, it's always heavily weighted by the player more so than the faction. But when you've got more and more players, it should even out across the across the board. Um, and I feel that when you get to what 14 free folk games there without mirrors, that must have been five players playing free folk. That feels at least a little bit more fairer um of an assessment to make rather than one or two players that's all that's all um so you can argue with that all you want but uh i think that's at least a fairer way of looking at it um but like on the discussion in general you know like they're one win away from a 50 percent yeah. you know like and yeah, that's, yeah, yeah and so like it's not far the significance of what you know like physical mm-hmm. significance doesn't mean anything unless what we're talking about is like can we you know, am I statistically significant, aka, can you prove that there is no, no, like, uh, randomness involved in whether or not they are far from an outcome which you expected? And the outcome which we hope and expect is that everybody gets 50% win rate. So yep. is 43% significantly, no. statistically significant from 50%? No, no is the answer. Like, no. or you can and you could practically say the same about a 67 with a six six nine and six but definitely you know like there is there is no i think my point being is that the range between the factions that matters is low right yeah i I wouldn't consider Greyjoys in that range um of statistical significance i wouldn't consider that 20 percent win rate to be something i look at and go god Greyjoys did badly here i'd just be like perhaps those players did badly I'm not sitting here and saying Greyjoys are good, though. Greyjoys are bad. <laughs> um, so, but, yeah. but I think also what plays, uh, what could play into Greyjoy is that Hero Box 3 is not universally available. So you, so not not a lot of player play into into uh, uh, Bail or Black Tide. Mm-hmm. Oh, so Hero Box 2, yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting, interesting that. Um... Yeah, yeah okay. that, that, that Adam Marbrand um, is seeing play, that Kevin Lannister is seeing play, uh, and that, that, as in that they are available and that they are definitely yeah. making an impact upon the Lannister outcomes, but that, but that people are still struggling to get hold of Greyjoy boxes that have been around. Yeah, absolutely, because uh, like we, we we had like Polish boxes uh, we, uh, for Stark and. Uh, and Lannister Hero three like almost day one, and yeah. for, uh, for 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 Greyjoy three I think it is still kind of hard to get. But I, I yeah somebody somebody got got it. You don't get chosen, um, uh, which I don't know how relevant it is. But uh, yeah, you also. Yeah, that's what I expected. Uh, but uh, more, more importantly, you don't get uh, you don't get uh, no Balon, no Dagmar, no Balon. Um, Bay. Do you even get Baron? Baron. Baron is in. Baron. Uh, yeah. Do you no. see one player here? One player here did have the uh, heroes too. Uh, the Greyjoys. One of them didn't. 
Uh, in fact, one of them ran basically an Asher list twice, uh, what looks yeah. like to be exactly the same list twice. Um, but it will effectively deflate, deflate their number of entries if yes. people feel that they don't have a full range of options, whether or not they even, and... sometimes they might not even have picked them, but like that they feel that they don't have them will, will move them away from the faction and make them not want to play it. I actually, as well, I think, although we often say that less players playing it will mean that the win rate typically goes up, um typically i actually think that in this case that it wouldn't even do the win rate any favors as well because we know that baron and baylor uh specifically those two game pieces from that box very popular and both do quite well for the faction um so i actually think that it's not even a surprise to say that Greyjoys would probably drop without those inclusions because it just limits what they can do from a list building perspective and you know ultimately fucks them <laughs> against certain matchups um so yeah um all right then so uh that was the overall uh, i didn't actually have a little look what is nice to see is uh adam marbrand up at an 83 six games 83 percent win rate um adam marbrand is getting we'd seen kevin We'd seen a lot of Kevin coming up in the ranks recently. Certainly online, we've seen a lot of Kevin get played. We haven't seen the Adam see the attention that perhaps uh, perhaps he was probably deserved after all the initial hype. Uh, so it is really good to see that, as Carlo kind of mentioned earlier, that Adam is getting play. Uh, where does that put Adam now? Adam, Adam is absolutely meta for the Lannister play uh, here, I would say. Mm-hmm. Everybody uh, runs like this uh, three warrior sun uh, uh, list with Adam uh, in them. Mm. What's actually super interesting is that Adam is now approaching Roos's uh, Roos's commander yellow. Um, so he's not far off. He's six points below, six par- six points adrift from Roos. Um, so he's really not in a bad position. Uh, still not seeing, you know, the the likes of the Tyrion lines where i think we can almost i think at this point say that Tyrion is probably the best commander for lannisters um i think would be a fair i think judgment. the reason is that uh, uh, that the warrior sun scouts are so horrible that uh, not many people uh, want to pick the third box of them <laughs> definitely not me how many warrior sons have you got carly Two for sure. Ah. I might have a third Peter's, in the Peter's Maybe. theory might be correct. Maybe you didn't get the third box because the sculpts are bad. <laughs> the sculpts are pretty bad, to be honest. Uh, yeah. I do think that they're, they're massively improved by giving the models shields. All the models look like they should be holding a shield. They even have an arm out in front of them. Like in a they're shield holding, holding position. Shield, and there's no shield on it. Uh... So yeah, but that I mean, I—it's interesting that you say that because I've never, I've never felt compelled to run three warrior sons. I mean, I understand the value of like doubling down on them. That your whole list is now very tanky. That your opponent can't choose to, to like just go around them. But I think that they are not that good that I would want to play them into a very low activation list, which you are definitely going to be now that you spend twenty-one points on warrior sons. Maybe, maybe maybe that's just potentially you and me. Uh, well, well, well it, uh, it usually goes like you get a uh, mountain that rides, 
Uh, I think it's uh, what one or two champions of the faith. Pycelle, uh, 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 Tyrion, and maybe uh, uh, what Petir Baelish because mm-hmm. reasons. Mm-hmm. He's the best NCE. Um, yeah, I. Yeah, when you well, when you when your deck is based on controlling two zones, of course. Yeah. Of course he is. But it's funny yeah. how Tyrion and CU started seeing play because Adam's cards are so good that it becomes worth it. And also because you need this like third counter strategy because there and there are things that could like potentially like you want to avoid things that could fuck you up and kill you like the whole unit. So I don't know like for instance the. Um, uh, what is it? Surra- uh, not surrounded, it's exposed. Like the uh, there is too many or stuff like that. True. Yeah, I mean, Evil Sponge says that Adam's such a rock; he can take multiple trades by himself. But I would say only if your opponent lets you. You know, like you don't have a wildly aggressive attack profile. What you have is one of the biggest stacks of defensive keywords of anything in the whole game. You have Iron Resolve. You have Hardened, you have Battle Prayer, you have a 5-plus morale, which is now actually a 4-plus morale with minus 1 wounds. Why would I ever attack this unit is, is, the, is, is now the question. And definitely, why would I attack it with two units? And if I do that and don't attack you and don't let you generate morale tests, then you're not going to be able to get plus 1 to hit um, and Sundering. So, uh, or yeah, I forget even what is it just on a rerolls to hit? Sundering and rerolls to hit. And so you've got a seven, seven dice, three plus attack profile. And that's it. That's what you have. Um, and so I don't understand what you're killing that's that, that like wildly aggressively. Um, I think, I think, I think you can talk about them a little bit differently. I definitely feel like. I, it's interesting again. So when you talk about that, even even my first thought is you need to drop that third unit of Warrior Sons and put in a ranged unit because that will allow you to shoot into your own combat, generating faith tokens when your opponent won't allow you to, um, and then will allow you to free yourself up and start to make aggressive attacks and stuff like that. I've never been compelled to like make make a triple warrior sons list i think that you're always going to have to have a fourth unit which is always the thing that i'm going to focus on killing and if you're just going to turtle then i I don't think you're going to win either i do i'd be very happy to be wrong and for faith to be back in a big way but i've not seen it make any real impact yeah, I think this. it's just. Uh, I think Mounter and that tries is just like a point filler, mm-hmm. basically. You do. Uh, you don't. You, you don't like expose him too much. You just put your warriors uh, like Sun with Adam on the center objective. You get it for the rest of the game. The thing. See, and you. That, that nine points to achieve that. I mean, I know it's. No, it's seven points. No, it's not nine. Adam, it's seven. Adam, Adam has to be considered a two-point attachment, right? Like commanders bring two points worth of value to a unit. If you, if not, then you're picking the wrong commanders because nearly all commanders would steal at two points. Uh, uh, so, uh, but but controlling 
controlling a center objective is really worth it. I beg to differ. I actually think one of the biggest weaknesses that I see from a lot of players from high level through to low level is the positional holes they put themselves in by trying to control objectives. Um, I think objective play, because the game is now so slow, trying to dominate and control those objectives early, if it risks your position, it is 100% not worth it in the vast majority of cases because the lists that are good have methods to break basically any defensive unit in the game um, in their decks or within their list picks. Uh, so free folk obviously have things like there's too many which they'll invest to kill something. They have numbers advantage which they can invest not to kill you but they can remove a rank with relative reliability um, to which point they just contest you. So having that unit on that objective is literally doing nothing for you. Um, Night's Watch Ranger Hunters or Night's Watch Swarm Brothers are a kind of like apply Night's Watch to enemy unit, watch enemy unit die type effect. Um, yes, there's more to it than that, but they will win if they have the right list to back them up. Um, we haven't even talked about the Melisandre. We haven't even talked about the, the kind of like Baratheon units. I do think Baratheon kind of units would struggle because Baratheons would walk their armor at your armor and then it's like oh you got the objective first and neither of us are going to kill each other fuck <laughs> um but i think that that's not how brathians are winning games brathians are winning games by saying you can't kill my knights of castle uh my uh, champions of the stag with elden running around as support i'm now just going to try and butcher as much of you as i can um yeah, I'm, I'm not convinced that this controlling the set, controlling objective... Don't be wrong, you do need to, con to control objectives. But I actually think that controlling objectives in the later game, especially if it's spread, is way more important. Um, I see far I, too I mean, many I would, people... I would play that Adam, Adam in Warrior Sons. Yeah. He, he, he couldn't overextend. Like, no, there's no such there, thing. There is... <laughs> You know, like so, so he can get himself out of position mm -hmm. to take the center objective. Like he can just like it if if for whatever reason you know NCU board isn't important. Maybe I don't know it's secret missions, like or you know can't take NCUs or NCUs cost the thing or whatever. Right? Hypothetical situation. Mm -hmm. Not talking about shit developer game here. <laughs> you could, as your first activation of round two, march onto the center objective with Adam. Yes. And you are not dying. Your opponent can throw everything that he has at them. They are not going to be dead. In fact, you want um, them to do that, right? <laughs> exactly. And if anything, like that would be a big bait play. Um, that if they spent even even half of a turn trying to like consider, oh, they're out of position. I might be able to kill them. Then it's just going to be wasted investment, wasted time. Um, I, I, I don't necessarily know if every list out there can kill Adam Warrior Sons, but the point is, is like, they don't need to, to win the game. Mm -hmm. They just kill the other stuff. Um, and vice versa, go sit on the other objectives. Yeah, yeah but I mean, if you're playing three uh, three objectives game, okay, like you throw one Warrior Son, uh, Adam on the center objective, and then you control the, uh, the, uh, this, uh, like, uh, the second one on the flank, 
I don't think that you can uh, easily kill two units of warrior sons with uh, champions uh, that generate two tokens and then mountain that can just like support them. Uh, that's not a very easy thing to do. Uh, no. and, uh, it's not. You are right. It's, it's not. It's not the easiest thing to do. But I think that. And you don't need to to overextend. You just need to take one thing, and uh, basically, like you don't really benefit from having like more than three units there, uh, like uh, more than like two units on one flank plus mountain that you just uh, screen away from uh, being charged. And just add them in the center that uh, they can like, unless they have like really specific stuff, unless they have like a, either expert duelist or stuff that uh, ignore uh, like uh, goes straight to wounds. You can't really do much to it. So you need to specifically like draft. You need either to bring dragons or giants or stone thrower. That I would be to, funny. I have to play against it. I'll. Uh... I will. Yeah, it's a very interesting discussion. I'd, I'd I, really, I'd really, really genuinely have be happy to be wrong. I would like, I would be really happy if Lannisters had like a real list pairing mm -hmm. that really can win a big, big event. You know, like we're talking, you know, takes home LGT or Masters of Westeros uh, or, or any or uh, any. Frankly, I'm not. Because... <laughs> Why not? Why don't you want Lannisters to have a build? Uh, uh, fr uh, frankly, I'm not because uh, I uh, I really hate uh, the design space Lannisters are now because right now uh, the problem is that their units are so shit and that Adam is so good that if you pair them together, it's actually like uh, they are okay or maybe even strong, but then. Uh, they uh, Simon basically to make them uh, internally balanced would need to simultaneously nerf uh, the uh, Hero Box three that they just came out with, and Simon is basically like from the history they are very reluctant on uh, changing the stuff that was uh, recently like uh, recently out. Or, and at the same time, they would need to boost uh, like their units all across the range, and that's kind of that's kind of sad situation to be um, to be pigeonholed not only like in one play style like they were in the previous edition, but it, it's basically like um, you are uh, whereas before you were pigeonholed in taking three times uh, or like two um uh, flayed man and two times uh, uh two times um, uh two times poor fellows and then some uh, something else now you're pigeonholed in taking adam marbrandt and probably two plus units of warrior sons i mean we spoke about lancer design space the other week um i don't disagree with you that the design space of lannisters is bad like it's just bad um it's it has the term anti-synergy doesn't really make sense but you can think of it as anti-synergy uh it has so many components in it that maybe look interesting or feel that they could do something but literally nothing else that makes it work nothing else that kind of fits it together and there are you know there are units in every category that are quite literally yeah, yeah, opposed to how the factions should work. 
Yeah. Uh, like Knights of Castle Rocks. Trade direct damage faction, and then you only have like, um, uh, what is it? This uh, uh, Hear Me Roar card that can capitalize on them to get this spike damage. But there is no way you can get like uh, vicious on them. No, except if you lose a unit first, Lancer pays his debts. Um, yeah. I, yeah, and then lose a unit. I, it made me sad the other day because um, Mount of the Rides is one of the best units for in terms of like ELO rating for Lannisters at the moment, which shouldn't be a surprise. As a four point unit, he's a very good pick. Um, <laughs> even then, he's still not amazing. And I looked at him. And um, I equated him a lot to a Dragonstone Noble in the way that he functions. Um, kind of crossed with uh, Flayed Men, basically. He's like a it's like a solo Flayed Man without Vicious. And okay, the opponent doesn't get armor saves, but yeah, that's not a big deal when you're only rolling three dice. Um, although it is important. Um, but then you on like on the flip side you don't have vicious, and not having a vicious on Gregor means that you want to play like Lancer Base's debts, which means that you want to play Lancer Base's debts on nicer Castle Rock as well, and it feels all set up around these quest cards where it's like you're going to have all this backline of like cavalry and reserves, but what you need to do is go and get your guardsmen killed first because they'll take some guys down with Lancer Supremacy and then these guys will come in and sweep up, and the realism of that is that just doesn't happen. Uh, that's just not how people play the game. That's that's flawed you from can, the very uh, offset. You can just play Joffrey Commander and get this vicious card. Easy. <laughs> and then put tokens mm. on your own unit and watch as your own units die and go, well, hang on. I thought I was supposed to raise the damage output of my units. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Pazes Death is one of the most disappointing quest cards of all. Um I don't really have the units to throw away right now. Um, and so, yeah, like, it's just uh, anything which feels... If, if if the answer to anything is, oh, that would be a good thing to put Pazes debts on, then it's like, we're just... Like, this is already a bad line of inquiry, effectively. Like, yeah. we're wasting our time here because this is... You're trying to make use of one of the worst cards in your deck. I, I, I'm actually going to straight up say this. I think that the quest cards, the quest... We call it quest, right? But this quest mechanic, this retribution mechanic, on the whole, has missed the mark. Um, uh, Lancer yeah. Bases Debts is. Lancer Bases Debts isn't complete and utter trash, but it's not going to put you back in the game. Therefore, what is the point of having this kind of like loss on effect? It's like, oh, I lost a unit in a trade and now I get vicious. That's not trash. But if it's like, oh, I lost a unit because I've got a unit killed it's like oh i've still lost because this guard does nothing to help me um yeah similarly the starks north remembers not working with dogs is kind of like a hangover yeah. from 1.6 but north remembers is okay because of the auto six that is always a that's always a thing that's kind of like that's okay that is about the only card i would consider a get me back in the game blood of the so blood of the dragon is actually weird I actually think Blood of the Dragon is almost, and I mean almost, almost too good. Because in a game where you are trading and it's actually fairly even, Blood of the Dragon pushes you up and goes, right, now I hit harder. And it's actually, the, it's, it's not that Blood of the Dragon is that good a card, but it's 
a better quest card than anyone else's. Therefore, it ends up being like this kind of weird card that's like way better than anybody else's options when it comes to those those outputs because it has a direct damage increase and a direct damage decrease. Um, whereas and none of the other cards do. Yeah, right. Um, but it's 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 one of the few cards which has a direct impact on the game when it comes down on a unit, and that's not the unit that gets killed. I, I, I don't think that's fair. Like, what is so direct about plus one attack, but vicious, isn't? No, like, so... Like, like they, 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 are, they are equivalent bonuses, yes. basically, you know, like... They are, so but there's a problem. That one is suddenly incredibly impactful, and the other one isn't, like... Pays' debts is just not as good a card. It just needed to not have the crowns kicker, and it would have been fine. Like it would be, it would be a great card. The the only thing that makes Blood of the Dragon like better than most of the rest is that it that it that it gets two effects, mm -hmm. and they're not related to a zone. Yeah, but but it's also it's also something very important is that it's not a list building restricted card either. Like that card can come out on literally anything on the board and it has an effect. Whereas Lance of Pace's Debts does literally nothing to anything with Vicious already, right? Um, it, you actually play away from the card by having Vicious in your in your list, which defeats the point of playing a panic list. As you say, the design space is all off. You can't run this with Flayed Men. It doesn't make Flayed Men better, really. Uh, it makes Knights of Cassie Rock pseudo flayed men, but flayed men are still probably just better. Oh, you, um, you, you, you can re, you can reroll all not sixes and charge. Yeah, maybe if you control crown. Yeah, but that's really not that much. It's not that much to go by. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I I I'm not a fan of like the comparison between the two in terms of I think the blood of the dragon. Don't get me wrong, I don't think Blood of the Dragon is an amazing card. I really don't. Um, but in comparison, it is leagues ahead of this. Um, I think that Blood of the Dragon is the probably the best quest card out there. And I still don't think it's that good. Um, like, that's the thing. It's not that good. And it's still the best one. Um, I think the quest mechanic has, has just been... Uh, the worst, uh, actually, missed. like the worst. Uh, uh, speaking, like uh, the other reason why I uh, uh, changed, like the Grey Worm to Belvas. Uh, the other quest card that really sucks is Retribution of the Dragon. Yeah, I mean that is absolutely a piece That's of trash. That's hard. That, that 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 is also like it has this 1.6 trigger. Yeah. I need to wait uh, until my uh, and keep this card to pollute my hand. And then this card is complete garbage. It's... I, I don't think this is a very good card. It's not bad, right? It's not... Again, it's not abysmally... I'm going to disagree with both of you, which is, like, I don't care that much about swapping Retribution of the Dragon for... Um, you know, effectively, I consider that the card to be swapped. They're the most equivalent. The reason mm -hmm. why... you. You know, the reason why Grey Worm takes Blood of the Dragon out of the deck is because he has Retribution of the Dragon, even though does. it doesn't yeah. happen to be the card that has the text on, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I don't consider it a loss, which means that I both don't consider the Blood of the Dragon that good of a card. I don't think it's 
worth discussing as being better than the other quest cards. I don't think that this one is worth discussing as being significantly worse than the others. Um, I think it's one of the better ways that the bonus VPs are implemented. I do agree that. This is a quest card that gives a VP. That is the most direct way, the most significant way that we are going to like get a retribution effect back into the game, which is if we trade, I'm plus one VP up, right? So that's why I, I would swap this for Blood of the Dragon, like because yeah. Blood of the Dragon isn't that good, and plus one VP is, and nearly all the bonus VP cards in the Targaryen deck are not good. No, I, the only other one that's Again, this is six and two threes. I think the only one, the only other one that's good is Betrayal from Jorah Commander, um, specifically because. Play it on turn six. Uh, yes, play it you... on turn four and, and take super long turns. It, well, it allows you to break draws basically. Um, like, and while I don't think breaking draws is that big a deal most of the time, with a cavalry army. You can play for a draw uh, by being kind of like cagey, like going some early trades or whatever, then try and like basically retreat. Uh, it's I'm not saying this is a, a viable strategy as like really top table lists will have methods to beat this, but this is definitely something that you can do and steal victory uh, with with betrayal basically. Um, I've seen that happen in games where it's like mid tables and people have just kind of lost because they didn't know about the card and things like that. I I don't think I like Betrayal because I don't like like it doesn't impact my games. It will probably never win a game that I ever play again. Um But anything like that that kind of is a bit of a gotcha in terms of like, oh I just got a VP now and it's like, oh well, that sucks for somebody. Um but at least these other ones have like this kind of payment effect. And Retribution, as you say, of all of them, is probably the most sensible VP gaining mechanic back. Um, of all the what the other ones are just trash. What's Queen of Marines? That's is fucking awful, isn't it? Dragons. That's is dragons, isn't it? Um, oh no. Um, the thing is, um, she puts down um, the corpse piles, the horrific oh, corpse piles. Oh, she doesn't pile. even have... Yeah, the... Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. examples, which is one of my personal favourite cards, adding terrain from a card. Yeah. I think I love it, but it is shit. <laughs> um, like, it's not uh, good, but... I think, uh, I think Weeper has the same card, right? Yeah, yeah, Weeper has the same card. I actually... I, I Honestly, I think it's... I think it's a good card in terms of, like, the design. I like the card. Yeah, but, I, uh, I love it. It's not a good card, right? It's not good. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm not playing it competitively. <laughs> that was it. It's Promise of Fire from Mother of Dragons now, which is just yeah, absolute sadness. Um, I don't have a problem with gotchas. No. Like, if we want to play a game with no gotchas, then like you're basically just saying like. I want the game to be able to have a beginner walk in and, and beat and beat the best players. Because if there is no value to understanding the game mm-hmm. and knowing the game, mm-hmm. 
then like then what then where is their value like where 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 is one person ever supposed to be the better player mm -hmm. so i agree I, i'm sorry like if you've been beaten by betrayal then like just like learn the game better like and 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 as in being beaten by it once is learning the game you know like you don't mm -hmm. have to go away and study things and do you know what i mean like and 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 like obsess over the game but you lost to it once and now you know and that's mm -hmm. fine right yeah. well, but, but more importantly you you lost to a Jorah Mormont commander <laughs> yeah i think Jorah is you know, right i do think i mean it came up in the chat earlier i do think that Jorah is all right you know like he he's not drogo but he is all right um but like i think that a large removal of this idea of like removal of gotchas like like has 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 dumbed down the tactics decks mm -hmm. to where it's it, it's much harder to be to be more skillful than your opponent and by 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 like understanding the game and understanding understanding armies and understanding how they play and what they do mm -hmm. um now now more of the game is is whether or not you drew the right cards, right? Mm -hmm. Like whether or not you rolled the right dice. Uh, a lot more now rests in luck and less in skill. Um, since since basically, you know, like um, Chanel even said himself, like they went through and tried to remove what he called the gotchas. And I was like, they're not gotchas, they're skill cards. Yeah. And, I, and I didn't agree with it wholeheartedly. You know, that betrayal exists. Is not a negative thing. No, I. I... Yeah, then, then field control is a gotcha card. <laughs> yeah, like, and I've been gotchaed by it recently. There were two zones that I could have taken, and I didn't think about its existence. And I took the horses, even though I was swapping the zone's effect to be something else. And then I got field controlled. And you know, gotcha. You did a silly mistake, and I thought, oh, idiot. You know. I know that the card exists. What's the point in having secret hands if the information isn't important about what they are? Like, if 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 we want no gotchas, then lay your tactics cards out face up on the table so that both players can know what they are and make every decision. You know, like if tactics cards aren't supposed to be hidden, okay. then yeah, yeah I agree. Also, also like uh, to defend gotchas. Like before we, we move on, it's so fun when you have like this high skill game, and when you see that opponent is thinking like this, uh, looks at your discard. He's like, "Oh, you have like one field control uh, out. Do you have a second one? What's the probability?" And that's really like that's really fun part of the game when I mean, he is trying to. And also, also, I agree. There is an underrated skill to which people basically tell you what's in their hand by, 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 by considering and asking you to wait at certain times, like, right. or even bluffs it. You know, like, when somebody plays a card and their opponent, their Lannister opponent, is like, um, wait a second, um, shall I counterplot? They're either, you know... Uh, a relatively low-level yeah, player yeah, yeah. is basically like telling you I have counterblock. By the way, a, a super high-level player is 
bluffing you whether or not they have counterplot, you know? Like, and so it makes the game way more interesting that there are these gotchas. And I find that, uh, interestingly, I mean, I'm not going to segue the whole conversation into it, right? But, like, recently, people have taken up this idea of chess clocks, right? They're making their decisions faster. They're making more mistakes. And a lot of these people might say, oh, the, he's been gotcha'd by some rule, right? But, like, because it's been made under a fast situation and it was known information, basically people aren't calling them gotchas. It's somebody making a mistake. But that's all gotchas are. One person made a mistake because they didn't capitalizes. think about all the possible information that was out there. And mm -hmm. it is known information. Your deck isn't secret. What's in your hand right now is a secret. But you don't get to build your deck out of unknown cards. You don't pick 20 out of a possible 100. It's not a complete, oh, God, I had no idea he had that card. There's only 10 cards available, right? Like, it's not hard to know and consider them all if you're playing regularly. And if you're not, then you just need to accept that those who are playing regularly have a certain skill advantage over you, which is that they do know the cards. Mm -hmm. I think people get unreasonably upset when they make what is basically a mistake some new information comes to light. It could even be information which is readily known, like a unit's act, you know, ability. They mm -hmm. forgot they forgot that their unit had an ability, and they want to go back. They're like, oh, if I'd known that, I wouldn't have, uh, you know. And it's like, well, no. You know, you've made a mistake, so own it. You know, like, just, just go through with what you've done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, definitely. I still think the quest mechanic needs to know, though. They need to dump those cards. <laughs> Back to the original point. I think the quest mechanic yeah. cards just you need know, to go. They're, 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 they're like an okay card to have in your opening hand. Maybe a good card to have in your opening hand. And mm. after that, you're like, God, I wish this was, I wish this was something else. Yeah, that, that's actually the thing for me. That's that, like, like you can kind of equate Endless Horde as the effective quest mechanic for Free Folk. Um, and the relative power level of that compared to all the others is just like, this is fucking stupid. Like, this is clearly a, a card that, I'll use the term designed well. Uh, this card was clearly designed with some kind of like, this card is never going to be in your hand dead. Like you draw this at the start of the game, it works. You draw it at the end of the game, it works. It's always a live card as long as you, you know, got it at the start of the round. Um, and that has at least, while I agree that the power level is way off the mark, at least it is always a live and active card. It always does something. Whereas the quest cards are actively better in the opening hand, but they're actively shite in rounds four, five, six, when you maybe got like one unit on the board. What are you going to do? I, mean, I was about to say, um, yeah, I was about to agree with uh, what Ross Drogon just said, which is yeah. like the other quest card that's not a quest card, yes. which is has an incredible power level, is now his watch is ended, right? Yes. Like, yeah. It is to 95% of the requirements, fills exactly the same role as every other faction's quest card, except. Yeah, that. because now his watch deck is OP. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, like, but like, but, but, but without, without just being inflammatory, Peter, like, the thing is, yeah, yeah. is, is that if you look what, it's a quest card, if anything, it's yep. what all the quest cards should be, because yes. it's when a unit dies, an immediate retribution, an immediate impactful play can instantly try and get you back into the game. Yeah. Now, to prevent the game still, from you've got away. that issue that, like, drawing it on turn one is amazingly powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, drawing it really late into the game, it's still so powerful that you're probably all right with it. Um, but, you know, it's there are other cards that you'd rather have seen and you'd rather have had that at the beginning. Yes. But it's the way that quest should work, which is you do sometimes have to consider whether or not you can afford to kill a Night's Watch unit right now because of what the what the retribution will be for doing it. Uh, what and now his watch is ended will do, and uh, particularly particularly with some absolutely snidey, I would call them. Uh, they are actual snide old hands plays that I've seen uh, Lee Teddy making, where he sacrifices his own cold hands, knowing that he comes back to trigger, and now his watch is ended. Is actually na- like the way that that card combos with the rest of the deck and the way the faction plays is not um is not conducive to the discussions about whether or not that's what all quest cards should be because it is comboed in a way and with units that make it too efficient but if every faction was so utilized so, so you think similar, so, so would you uh, will he charge like with cold hands a unit? Uh, no, 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 I don't Peter, know, like Peter, with Peter, get the charge. Just try on the wound and then no, no, re-roll no, no, all the kids. No, Peter. The nasty, nasty, nasty things that you can do are that you can um, use Stand United Brothers at the start of your own turn to remove one model, aka cold hands, from his base, mm-hmm. killing him at the start of your turn meaning that you can now as watch is ended at the start of your own turn, and then you get your activation afterwards, which can then be Ranger Hunters, which can then double tap. Mm-hmm. You right? march to and someone's can, flank or rear, and then just... And you can trigger it all off of you just playing Stand United Brothers from John. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, take, and, and you even get to heal, like, you know, only one wound, but you heal a number of wounds equal to the models that you removed... If you target John, that could be three as well. Um, and and uh, was, was there like a few that it works on non-infantry models? Yeah. Yeah. San United Brothers is just models. Yes. yes. Oh, fuck. But, 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 but and, one and model FAQ that it could work on solo. It's yeah. just models. But what makes it all unpalatable, that, that existed for a long time, that has existed since 2021 first came out, is the fact that Cold Hands comes back, right? Like, that all you sacrificed was one VP. You didn't sacrifice a VP in activation on a unit um, because Cold Hands will be back next round. And so that's why we didn't used to just like see it happen to Ghost as well all the time and stuff like that because it's... It was it was a problem. It, it was all, you know, really limited you. Cold, cold, hands, cold Hands is quietly sitting there at like 60-something percent win rate. Um, just, just really... Warping, um, warping list building in favor of Night's Watch, in my opinion. 
not that not that I think that you know other other people don't have um, really really you know I'm not not I'm not yes yes exactly yeah uh, but even when you compare like like for like when you compare Cold Hands to a Dragonstone Noble to Mountain That Rides to Shaggy Dog to all these things Cold Hands still for me just like is coming out and doing things that the rest aren't um, in ways that I think uh, is um, it you know is it? crazy, crazy, crazy to think about that that is his nerfed state and that he was going to come out significantly more powerful than that. Do you know what actually scares me even more? Is that this, we, we kind of saw it in Night's Watch before, where Now's Watch has ended was effectively a callback to old 1.6 North Remembers um, in Starks. With the uh, removal of activation right. tokens and reactivation yeah. of units, which allowed the Stark Wolf Die Wolf engine to sacrifice a wolf on some stakes and just keep going. Um, uh, we saw that um, a lot, and that was the dominant thing in 1.6, basically. Uh, okay, mod and and Harmer tried to compete, but it was it was Starks who who dominated the entire game. In 1.6, um, we've basically got it repeated here with Cold Hands, effectively, um, and arguably it's better because unlike North Remembers, which removed activations that then you then had to take, um, this is a do it and then immediately reap the benefits now, and mm-hmm. you know effectively, uh, it's a double activation. I can very comfortably say that I can see. Ranger Hunter players doing that with my last activation as Cold Hands or Penultimate, and then they'll be like, right, so I'll uh, I'll activate Cold Hands. I'll well, I'll I'll play um, Dan United Brothers. I'll sacrifice Cold Hands after activating, perhaps. Uh, I'll now make a melee attack with this Ranger Hunter unit that you've charged or something like that, and then I'll not retreat, and then I'll make another melee attack, and then I'll kill you, and then I'll surge forward and shoot another unit in the flank or something like this. I can see, well. There's loads of combos in Night's Watch I just don't think we see very often, which I'm scared about when I list builds. Like, there are so many things that I think about when I'm like, what the fuck happens if this happens? How the fuck do I manage this? And a lot of the time it's like, I don't know if I can. I'll just try it. And I got a very good example against Chris at Durham. Chris killed Tormund's unit, and then it was take the black. And I was like, fuck! That's now a virtually impossible unit to kill. Um, and I went, how do I kill it? Well, I'll put some tokens on it, and I'll play a there's too many, and I'll hope that I kill him. And I did exactly the right number of wounds. Um, that brought me back into the game. If I didn't have there's too many, if I didn't have the token play, and if I wasn't lucky, like, I'm straight up saying, if I wasn't a little bit lucky, then I 100% would have no chance of winning that game after that play. Because that unit's so dominant. You know, you can't even control objectives and try and beat it that way. It just kills everything. Um, so yeah, it's... There are so many things in Night's Watch which can become very scary. Um, see, no one... Does anyone remember... I, it's still a thing, although you won't run, you won't run uh, Crossbowmen anymore. And it is another uh, Now's Watch has ended uh, combo with um, with Take the Black, specifically. But no, does no one remember when people used to take Cranagman Wardens in Stark Bowman? 
and they used to get killed <laughs> by by uh by watch captain crossbowman and then you'd steal the crown Moon warden and then you'd sacrifice ghost or something like that and go all oh, right so ghost is dead so before you surge forth i'll march my crossbowman to your flank then i'll turn and then right are, are you going to do a surge forth now because if you move at all i'll shoot you <laughs> um <laughs> oh what, what do i do on my activation i'll shoot you again <laughs> um Oh man, that was I've seen that far too many times. Uh, I mean, I honestly don't remember it or think that it. Oh, I ever saw it. it happen. Because, you never saw it because awful. Yeah, I know. You didn't need it. It was, no, it was entirely not necessary. He didn't need it. Um, I saw it happen once, and I was like, or like twice, and I was like, "Fuck my life! <laughs> this game is just sadness." Um, anyway. Not Nightwatch bashing. There's no point in that. Uh, free Folk are the most powerful faction anyway, and uh, Mance is definitely broken. Uh, Endless Horde is definitely broken. I will always say this in nearly every episode of Tony Ground I ever say. Uh, come on now. Endless Horde is the about the only thing in the game that I actually genuinely care from a power level perspective that gets changed. I think it's the only thing that I think is just straight up needs to change. Um I'm uh, Mance, you know what? Take away. You're not, allowed to have, you're not allowed to have Rally Point 5 plus counter yeah. strategy and three of the best cards all mm -hmm. in one package. No, right. I agree. But but honestly, what I would what I would always say is that if you take away Endless Horde being what it is, and thus Mance isn't searching for it with long plan automatically, um, and almost guaranteeing it, like if you take that away, I'd like to see how that impacts his win rate first. Before then, the second implementation, which would be nerfs to Mance. I'd, I'd much no, rather I'm, do it in yeah, iterative. No, Endless Horde is not. Uh, even without Endless Horde bringing like, a new unit, he's still fine. No, I, I, he I think he is too. Too good. Too good. He, he, he's not fine. No, I think, even I think without he is. Look, I'm not, not disputing that that's the second thing I changed at all. And anyone who's like, oh, but you're a Free Folk player, you got bias. No. Not saying that 100% Mance is the second thing on the list, but like we've always said, I'd much rather do iterative changes. The difference is, is that's not what Simon do, right? Like they don't do iterative changes. So in Simon world, yes, they have to nerf both at the same time, but like if we're talking about iterative changes and a good way of balancing a game, change one thing, see what the impact is. Change another thing, see what the impact is. Small tweaks often way better. Than these big Simon. Yeah, insignificant. Yeah, get rid of Insig. Fuck it. People hate it. It encourages Raider spam, which I think is a shit thing. Get rid of Insig. Fuck it. Gone. Uh, I think it's a bad. And, it's a bad uh, ability. And being able to pass activation uh, to pass activations if you have less like fewer activations. That's. That would be game. That would be that would be a new game, Peter. Yeah. That's you not. You wouldn't balancing. be able to discuss the power level of anything anymore. Um, the entire the entire system would be up for discussion. Mm -hmm. I well, commander unit become an uh, arms uh, race. It, you would reverse. You would reverse the current arms race to have a highest activation count as possible into trying to have as low as activation count as possible. Because if I could have four units that are all incredibly strong and a six total activation count. And you have eight or nine activations. Then I just sit there, and you you activate, activate, activate. And now I'm gonna go. Okay, I'm just gonna like jump on something, and 
all you've got is like four pieces of crap left and all I've got left is four mega powerful units. I'm not saying it would be a worse game, but you would have to reassess every single unit in the entire game. Mm. All of the eights that are currently viable, Champions of the Stag, Plague Men, everything, everything that currently has a high points cost and is remotely playable would become the new best thing in the game Dude. by a significant margin. Dude, like I'm, I'm going to straight say it. I think Lannister players everywhere will be running flayed men with Gregor or Nysakasi Rock with Gregor mounted because for 11 yeah. points, that shit can Yay. delete stuff. Like, you know what? I'm actually not massively, like, let's assume that the world of tomorrow, and that's what Simon decided to do, right? I'm not massively averse to the game being like that for a while. Like, I'm really no. not. It's just that that's a different game. Like, yeah, you, finally, you finally, uh, yeah, but, but you finally get to use hero attachments. I was just about to say, it would fix so many things because bending points to make a unit better would now become viable because having more units now isn't the key, the most key single strategy to winning the game. Mm -hmm. It's having powerful, impactful plays um, late on into the round, which is what the game currently is. The game is currently having high-impact, powerful plays as late in the round as possible. But you achieve that by spamming Crap. buffer to get you late into the round. Yep. Now, if you got late into the round simply by having a unit on the board and being able to pass up until the point where you wanted to play, then the game is entirely different. There's no need for spam. There's no, reason, no real need for four-point units to do anything other than hold objectives or actually pull four points worth of weight because they're actually viable units. You know, the more we discuss it, the more I think that it would be a better game. Not without its own issues, but it would be a better game. It's I, think, uh, I think this would... Uh, uh, my my uh, problem uh, there... Uh, frankly, I think this change would be comparable with commander units not scoring VPs. Mm. Maybe a bit more. Maybe. A bit more. more. A bit more. Mm. It's more. What, it's I, think, more what I think is a problem is, is that they've tried to tackle it in a different way. They created Relentless. They created all these things. Plus the interaction between onboard and NCUs and this very loose definition of what an activation is and all <laughs> these kind of things effectively means that they can't implement it that, like, they don't have a tight enough rule set and they've gone a different route to try and solve activation advantage which means that they then created many many other things which are now pseudo not activations and are activations that effectively they would have to it would have to be 2.0 like and the entire game would have to be rebalanced the entire game would have to be rebuilt so many units would have to have like certain abilities completely removed from the game or you know, updated to work in a different way. I don't, I'm not saying that it wouldn't, I actually believe that it, it, if, if you took it as a new starting point, it could get us to a point where you had a better game eventually, but you are going to have to wipe the, wipe the slate clean effectively on like power levels of every single unit, costing of every unit, which is why I would say that basically it would need to be a 2.0. I think you'd have to be very yeah. careful. Yeah. You'd have to be very careful as well, which we don't see that often, but it is a discussion that we're already kind of having indirectly, but it's the relative power effectiveness of the top-end units um, because 
we we already talk about like effectively what is the power level of the lower end units being like what's the best thing that you can get away with spamming for want of a better term which then allows something good to do its job um like and we we discuss it with brathians like they can't realistically spam four point units because they don't have access to them and then dragonstone nobles just they're not quite good enough maybe they are there's it's really on the fence people think they are some people don't think they are um you know lannisters sat there on the fence being like you can't just play a nine activation list where you spam bunch of poor fellows and some ncus and then run an eight point unit of flayed men around it doesn't work it's not good enough those units alone aren't enough to carry it free folk can sit there and say but i can run eight point uh, i can run three ncus and six raiders or whatever and run an eight point unit around the field i can do that like that's an option um because the relative power level pulls the weight at the four but the eight point but, unit but for free folk is lower what they do is they run multiple impactful powerful units in the five and six range well yes we you can actually do that instead so you run like one less four and another five or six right um which you could do again you could do with lannisters you could run four fours two sixes but again like the impact of the units at six is not high enough um i don't know you know it's the point being though is that it's we're not assessing how effective the top end units are necessarily assessing how effective the lower end units are at doing the job of getting the high end units to the position where they need to be whereas i think in if we were to change it like that i think you'd as you were saying before carla you'd cut out that kind of like step of analyzing those lower units and you start only including those lower units if they offer a utility which arguably I, i'm actually going to sit here and say that that's probably better that is probably more like what low point units should be is a utility option um but if high point units are coming with this utility built in you'd be much more tempted to run those higher unit those higher pointed units because you don't need the supporting units for it um so the likes of jora would probably still get played because the utility at three points he offers brilliant um raiders get played poor fellows i don't think they would um trappers not played anyway no um greyjoy trappers maybe because of the asher bubble type maybe you run it as the five point unit i don't know if it would make maybe not bowman for greyjoys probably not maybe i don't no, know it's, you, you probably wouldn't run them get played no but again like you might i can see them as i say utility you might run like one drowned men right for the heal and like sustain that it brings to the unit that it can go behind that, that's what i'm talking about like you might run them but it, you're in, in certain ways they effectively become liabilities because yeah. because of the fact that like they 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 allow your opponent to pass oh yes there's that <laughs> um but yeah i don't know it's uh you actually hit upon the nail upon the head though really early on which was the rule set isn't written strong enough and this is actually where the second topic of today i was going to bring in the rule set and uh my gripes about rules which um i what what does a card target i mean i have so many debates about so many things like now that i especially now that uh, i play uh barrister and sell me yeah 
like driver of of a person needing to understand what the targeting rules are but like yeah lash out who do who does it target does, uh, and, and i heard three answers or oh, actually four you can come up with four reasonable answers that it target, uh, 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 targets the attacker it targets the defender it targets both it targets neither it's funny, it's funny actually, uh, Vlad, LF, LF12, he sent me a message the other day asking me three questions, which are mostly around uh, orders and coordination tactics and stuff like that, right? Like orders, whether or not they're used, whether or not they could be reused. Um, I forget exactly what they were. But it was interesting that I gave him my three best answers. Uh, one of them I thought was pretty locked tight. The other two, uh, I was a bit like, well, they're sort of like based on the previous answer um, and like kind of assumptions based off of that. And then after I gave him the answers, he said, I also asked Mickey and Brett and they both said different things to you. <laughs> like as in they both, not as in they both disagreed with me. Out of the three questions, no one, three of us gave the same answers. And yeah. I, I was surprised that me and Mickey didn't agree on the answers. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't we didn't consult on it. We could probably could come to an agreement, but each in isolation going to answer the question ourselves came away with a different response. Um, uh, my other favorite one, which I think gets ruled differently in every other tournament, is uh, how does a, a, a unit being in enemy deploy zone count? Oh. At least that's an easy one. That is an easy one. I want any part, any, any touch. Part. Yeah. If you want one millimeter over the line, that's enough. If it says the words fully within, then it means any amount within. Do you know, do you know oh, where, okay. though? Do you know where that was actually? So this is actually, again, my rules gripe, right? The current FAQ does not say anything about fully within or partially within whatever right it doesn't use the terminology anymore but one of the things they added to 1.6 i think it was regarding um i think it was regarding old clash of kings when you used to bring units on at the side um or it was outflank i can't remember but it specifically said the unit must be wholly within the six inches and then it says something about so wholly within means the whole tray must be within if it doesn't say wholly then um then it's not fully or it's then if, it, if the rule doesn't say wholly then it can be any part or something like that so the faq answering a question that had nothing to do with being in a deployment zone answered the question of what does it mean to be within a deployment zone or whatever like that um and the problem being the 1.6 FAQ was removed, and they didn't just copy over all the rulings. They just didn't. So there are there are rulings. Uh, the one that came up this weekend, and it, this actually annoyed me. And I do mean this like genuinely. I was frustrated. I was frustrated that I had to have this conversation. And more importantly, it was somebody new. I believe they were actually at the Polish event, Peter, um, who basically huh? said that Baroque's bore. If you if you activate Baroque's unit, the boar then activates. I'm sorry, I'm, uh, John. So uh, the confusing part is that uh, is uh, basically like uh, things like uh, Barristan Selmy or Countess uh, um, uh, mm -hmm. 
counter strategy uh, that said uh, that you can cancel ability that targets a particular unit. So for those uh, abilities and cards, it's, it is important uh, which unit does the lash out card uh, target. Mm -hmm. And it is unclear from the from the cards like uh, lash out, uh, like those defensive uh, cards that like are triggered on the defense, uh, mm -hmm. because it doesn't say explicitly what does it target. So you can basically uh, argue for four different options. Mm -hmm. I mean, for what it's worth, the understanding for lash out it targets the enemy unit, the enemy unit being in the trigger. Um, yeah. It doesn't target the defender because it doesn't say it explicitly targets the defender. It just calls whether or not they have some conditions. Um, so it only targets the attacker. Um, but it could be very easily seen as targeting the defender. But it doesn't explicitly say target the defender. Um, I've got some hard and fast rules for targeting that work for the vast majority of the game and the way that most targeting works. But it doesn't work guaranteed 100%, and that's the problem. Like... Oh, my, uh, my, 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 other, uh, my other favorite part is a multiple charge. Uh, I had this discussion on the forum, because uh, basically from the way the rulebook is written, uh, you should be able to, per, uh, to uh, like it says, Whenever, like you touch the, uh, if you, uh, if we, during the movement you touch two enemy units, it you will have like multiple charge into those two units. But mm -hmm. then, if you open the Simon forum, there is a ruling from Michael Schinel that you uh, check whether you touch two units after you aligned. Yes. And there is nothing yeah. like you can infer uh, like from the. Uh, 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 it's it's impossible to infer that ruling like from the rulebook, mm -hmm. and it it just like uh, went like from I think 1.6 uh, onward to 1.7 onward to season one or whatever we need to call this uh, edition, yeah. and that's uh, uh, that's in, you know that's a classic um, that, that that's one of our classic problems which is that you know there is there is this um, basis of knowledge. Right, which exists yeah. from previous editions, to... right, yeah. and like and ninety percent of it is assumed to still be correct. R wrongly, actually, at sometimes like people don't realize that a rule, or like the community have to just come to a consensus as to whether or not a rule, which had a ruling in the past and now doesn't have a ruling, whether or not it still applies, because it's whether or not, and it kind of kind of comes down to whether or not that ruling clarified something that was unknown or if that ruling basically changed the dynamic of the rule to respond to evil sponge to be fair like that uh, uh, what you say means you never played warhammer <laughs> i don't know so it is true. Uh, Son of Ice and Fire, uh, like compared to other uh, to, to other miniature games, Son of Ice and Fire rules are extremely well written, concise, and uh, and clear, and uh, straightforward and streamlined. The, I don't, think, uh, like, don't get me wrong. The actual biggest issue is not that the rules are written poorly. The rules, if you picked up the rule book now and picked up Stark Solanuses and taught some new players to play, and in general, they'll get most of the rules right if they just follow the rulebook. What actually 
confuses the rules is the rules were not written with the abilities right. and tactics cards in mind that we see designed. Um, so going back mm-hmm. to my point, like the one that really pissed me off is Barok's boar, right? Barok activates um, and the boar then activates after him. And then you can regroup and reform Barok into another unit and activate Barok's unit again because he's in the new unit. And then people are saying, well, the boar can reactivate because he's activated every time. Not every time, but it says the boar activates after Barok's unit. Um, While I don't disagree that that's what it seems to suggest, and there is nothing in the cool rule book, this is the thing, nothing in the cool rule book that I can point to and say a unit can't activate twice because it doesn't say a unit with a u- a unit with an activation token cannot activate it says a unit with an activation token cannot be selected to activate at the start of each turn which is a problem multiple reasons that's a problem and it's really aggravating um because it leads into all kinds of problems and yet in 1.6, someone says, oh, so can you activate a bear multiple times around because you can activate the unit? Because we did have Steer's Vengeance back then where you could take an activation token off yeah. a unit yeah. and reactivate and d- it. A double panic, check, a, a, a double panic test from, uh, from Red Cloaks. Well, that's another one. Um, take an activation off, uh, off a unit with Steer's Vengeance and then it'll be like, right, cool. So that Raider unit with a Skin Changer can activate and the bear always activates after the Skin Changer so the, the bear can activate again. And in 1.6 it was like, no, it doesn't work like that. Once you gain an activation token, you cannot activate any more that round unless you have that activation token removed in some way. That was a ruling that was made and everyone went, ah, that makes sense. That's basically what the rules say. But it isn't what the rules say. That ruling no longer exists because the FAQ has disappeared, meaning that we're having this whole discussion again. And that is what made me annoyed, is that I saw this weekend yet again, but this one really has, really has got me frustrated because I saw us having a discussion that we had two years ago around a ruling that was clarified. And now we are sat here that basically saying that oh but the rules don't clarify it and i'm like but we've had a clarification on this unless they've explicitly tried to change this like how uh, is this let's, still let, a discussion? let's put uh, put it uh, put it like that um with the uh, uh, um, uh with a um uh, what is it uh with a principle that uh, Simon is change, uh, can change any card and any rule and core rule book every time the new edition comes out. There is absolutely no excuse of uh, um, having like uh, all the rulings by Michael Shinol and FAQs to still uh, to not be included in the rules on the cards or in the core rule book with a new edition. Mm-hmm. They need to just combine it and either like uh, either explicitly say it if it's needed or rephrase the rules that it's absolutely clear. If there is an issue with targeting, they need to add the uh, like target the attacker or target the defender to every single card in the game. Yeah. So, I mean, I thought I knew this, but I've just done a check anyone who's watching the video. Um 
if you like leak teddy's right in chat the words order token do not appear together in the rule book at all like i know i kid you not order tokens literally aren't even listed in the document they're not a thing um you type in order and the word token doesn't even appear in the same sentence or same paragraph as the word order when we're referencing orders in the game so therefore we are implicitly saying that putting an order token on a unit indicates the once per game usage of said order sorry once per round once per round usage of that order even though it doesn't actually say anywhere in the rule book that you do that uh did aragorn wear pants i don't know doesn't say nowhere in the book and and this is the not, this is the not, problem. Not always, Peter. I'm yeah. sure it takes a lot sometimes. Uh, no, but actually, like uh, there was like an uh, an old and cheesy cartoon where he doesn't. So I guess uh, <laughs> this is totally feasible. This is, but this is the thing. Like we're having what what's that type of cartoon, Carlo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't want to ask Peter. Don't. <laughs> But this is this is my problem with the rules at the moment. It's not that I've got a gripe with rules per se, and that there's rulings I don't like or anything like that. It's that we're having the same rule, we're having the same rule discussions that we've been having for yonks, and it feels like none of them have been fixed, even though we've sat there and seen them being fixed. Um, the the other classic one that I still see sometimes banded about is does do I get to pivot after I retreat? With the swift strike, um, swift shots from like a quick fire, sorry, from hunters, they charge in, they retreat, and then they do the shoot. Can I pivot before the shoot? And it was categorically ruled in 1.6. Yeah, we fucked up the ruling in the rule book. You should get to pivot. That no longer exists in the 2021 FAQ. They didn't change the rule book. So, yeah. So we're sat here being like, so the rules haven't changed, and you release an FAQ that clarified this ruling. And now you've not made any changes, and I have to try and explain that to somebody without a ruling document. I'm I'm put in an p- impossible position. So the rules have now changed without you changing the rules. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> um, so basically, like the rule book itself is relatively tight yes. outside of targeting, which was a relatively more recent addition, right? Like targeting yeah. actually didn't used to exist in the rule book and then they added it and it really didn't help things like it really didn't improve but the issue as always in all these games comes down to the actual implementation of those rules in what you could call corner cases right yes. like or more specifically they're not corner cases they're specific interactions between things that feel like they're either conflicting rules or basically a gray area, the rules where a unit's ability seems to supersede what the rule book would say effectively. Mm-hmm. And that's always going to be the case. Like you can't write the Loctite rules to count for every corner situation or every interaction of rules that will then in future be made. Otherwise, you're going to incredibly limit yourself. But that is what an FAQ does. That is what an FAQ has to do. And it has to answer every single one of these interactions in a clear and concise manner. 
and give a ruling. Forum is not an acceptable way to do it, even if it was answered every week. It would, would not be really viable and acceptable until it became a permanent FAQ, but which yeah. would need to be updated. It could, it could be easily updated like every month. If there were new questions on the forum that you'd answered, you just add them every month to the FAQ, it would be fine, viable, and good. You know but what? The FAQ is ideally, not uh, and, uh, uh, and ideally, each time like the, there is a new edition, uh, all the um, uh, what is it? Uh, all the existing FAQ answers would become uh, not not needed, basically, because well, it is... would be all clarified, like in yeah. in the rules. You could even you, this is the thing though. You could all even on like, the cards. You could even go through and clean the forums up. And say this one's been resolved. We'll remove it, or keep it as a like a, a archived. You know, the forums would actually be clean because you could get rid of the old posts because they make it into the FAQ or the rules. Um, it doesn't even. You know what? Doesn't even have to be once a month. I'd be willing to accept that they had a bit more leeway on it once every two months. But this is the point. Like we're now talking timescales or something rather than something that just isn't happening. Like there are questions with answers that are. No there are things that have been answered in FAQ that should have made it into the current FAQ. Gilly, Gilly, what? I mean, yes, we talk about, like, yeah. how does Gilly work? <laughs> Why the fuck did you answer a question with, we will update this with proper wording in the next FAQ, and the next <laughs> FAQ comes out, and they didn't update the wording? <laughs> it's like... No mention. You, no you quite mention literally of it. just lied. You just straight up lied to the community base saying you'd fix the problem. Like that that bit does just frustrates the hell out of me because yes, there's a difference between not updating it and updating it like potentially badly, which they can always do, but saying, Oh yeah, we'll fix that one and then just not that that's actually just straight up ignorant and frustrating. Um I don't understand how we're still having this gilly discussion six months on. Right. Um, because, yeah. because, because they made a new NCU activation rule, which completely fixed everything, Mickey. I know. Totally. Totally fixed everything, didn't it? What a stupid, stupid change. <laughs> um, it's a... Just out of curiosity, just out, just out of curiosity, Peter. I know you've chat with us sometimes, and Carlo, I, know, yeah. I kind of know your stance on it. Um, the whole passing an NCU to then make sure you can activate a third one, okay? Sometimes I do feel like it has gameplay effect. I do actually think I have to think about it in the game. Do you ever think about it? Do you ever think that that rule impacts your pre-game preparation? So, like, list building, or, list building list or anything like that. Or the way you yeah. think about the game will play. Yes. Mine, probably not that much, but uh, but I literally heard, uh, uh, basically, uh, for, uh, from my opponent that he's taken, um, uh, Jesus, uh, uh, what is it, this guy who gives Targaryen the, uh, the extra zone. Pyatpree. Oh, 
Abide prey, so he always have uh, seven activations. Cool. <laughs> you know what? I appreciate that that man does that. You always have seven activations if you just pass with your NCU as well. Yep, yep. But, 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 if that's his line of thinking, and that's his kind of, like, logic. Better than the line of thinking, which is, hey, this makes it two NCUs better now. Yeah. Because that's not a thing. I mean, do we... <sighs> Do you even collect? Here's a here's a question, Carlo. Have you and or the site transcended the discussion on three versus two NCUs? Um, do we record uh, the stats of it? Anywhere? It's a long time since since I looked at the numbers. I I would actually be interested if we if we would be able to do a check on that at some point. Uh, I know that the the only other method that I had of checking it is is kind of like broken, doesn't really work anymore. Um, but uh, I would be interested in checking it. I, I would be interested in checking it because I think that as of right now, ironically, in season one, where people think the change would have been, you know, everyone said our oh, two NCUs are a bit more viable. We sat there and went, nah, not really. I think there probably is now. Maybe. I don't know. Carlos is going to do a quick check, is he? Live stat searching. I the date is really old. I just realised that it hasn't updated. Uh, it hasn't updated. I haven't updated that data since. Yeah, yeah the, <laughs> the the cheat data that that we use for it. Yeah, yeah, no, it hasn't been updated since March. Um, which is uh, exclusive patron only. It's not actually that interesting, but it's just. Uh, I think we showed it before on. on now, once uh, once upon a time, uh, it was a load of graphs, which mm -hmm. it's a load of graphs that never made it to real life. Uh, we showed it's it before where, on. We showed yeah, it before it's where, it's where Carlos' thoughts go to die. Yeah, this is the last <laughs> update in March, uh, but you get to see the activation play rates of the different things, the win rates, and do all your comparisons, neutral play rate, and things like this. Now, this is actually like there are things on this set of data which is quite interesting to look at, and certainly little things that you can go, oh, like uh, was it? I think it was Starks randomly. Yeah, so a, a seven five two in Starks was more popular, and then you looked at the win rates, and it was like significantly worse, like significantly worse than the eight fives, which are about equivalent in play rate. Um, thus saying, you know, you should be running eight activations more. But it was interesting to see a six two was still better than a five two, for example. Um, so stuff like that, you know, which people may or may not find interesting. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's broken. Sadness. Are you going to fix that one for next week when we do the review? Uh, I might or... fix it tonight. Maybe. Fix it tonight? Oh, legend. Yeah, maybe. Patron-only exclusive that, that content. I even made it. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> so, can't find the back end for it now. <laughs> yeah, depends how hard it. it is to fix. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was my that was my rant around rules. I'm just I'm I'm just kind of fed up with having the rule discussions. That we've had like you don't i want to discuss the game you don't, I don't you want don't to have discuss the rules. Them, you know mickey hmm? what you, you don't have to have them no 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 i i usually don't right i usually don't i just happened to step on in on this one because it was in hard home on the main discord and i just thought no 
like that that's just not right like if people are playing uh, like that think, ruling to events part. like that I think that's the sad part, which is when you make it exhaustingly boring yeah. for the people who know what what the rules are to explain to other people what they are because there's no simple source to say, it's this way because, look, here's this FAQ, which I've read, I know, and it's the way the game's played, and this is, you know, I'm. When you make it really hard work for people to teach other people what the correct rules are, then they eventually just stop, like because, I... because because it because 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 it becomes because it becomes annoying to them and it becomes exhaustive. I once upon a time when I was running the majority of the big online TTS events, I would get very very regular rules questions asked of me you know like how how did i how did i how did i rule this in this tournament what will this be in this next upcoming tournament what will this be what will this be this? but i very much retreated from that role not because not because i don't enjoy running tournaments but because i don't enjoy having to be a rule source for a game which I, I have no authority to be a rule source for. I have no connection. If anything, I'm the last person in the world that the true rule source will ever talk to. So, you know, that that effectively is one of the major reasons why I don't run tournaments anymore. You know, like, and and that that's, you know, I, I think that's the real real ramifications to to basically putting. Uh, not not putting enough time into your community. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Um, Ilya's asked, what were the uh, rules that we disagreed on? <sighs> the problem uh, is that... I'll bring up the questions. They're not that, they're not that far back from No, me. I've, got, I've got them here, actually. Um, but Free Folk or Dagma playing coordination tactics... Can you play a start of turn order on the unit that you copy the abilities from uh, to, sorry, so let's say Warcry, for example, knowing that the, the unit had already used Warcry earlier that turn? So if I'm Tormund and I'm copying to Carlo, who's now fake Tormund, I've already Warcried this round. Can Carlo now Warcry this round? I would typically rule it as no. Um, I purely rule it from a no perspective because I think it should be no, um, personally. And if it's not no, then it leads into all kinds depends, of... Depends, depends, depends what it means by an unused start of turn order. Yes. As far as I'm concerned, I just gained Warcry and I haven't used it. So I have an unused start of turn war cry. Yeah. Mickey might have used it, but I haven't used it, so I have an unused start of turn. Now, while I can actually, and I do think, I've seen, uh, I think um, I was chatting with uh, MCXL, he does actually have a, not a, com a compelling argument would be the wrong way, but he does have a reasonable argument to say that Carlo could war cry this turn uh, because of that. Um 
but I will always say that if you copied the abilities again, Carlo has already Warcry this round, even though he hasn't got Warcry anymore or didn't have Warcry. So regaining Warcry, he has still used it this round. So he couldn't Warcry two more times, um, which because he's already used it effectively. But then you're tracking, and the bit I don't like is you're tracking whether or not you've used something on somewhere that doesn't have a way of tracking it easily. Um, but that's a personal, I think, that you can't do that. But again, there's nothing to back that up in the rules whatsoever. Um, Paul, just specifically, there is no rule stacking here at all. I did not have Warcry, and then Mick, and then, and then me being a unit in this case, this is quite a weird. <laughs> yeah, me, me and Carlo are units in this analogy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a unit player. of Raiders. He's a unit of Raiders. Uh, he has Torment in him. Right, so he has Warcry as a start of turn ability. Coordination tactics means that we now share our abilities, or more specifically, all of my abilities are copied to him, and all of his abilities are copied to me. I have not gained a duplicate of an ability. I have gained Warcry and Stalwart, in this case of Tormund, and I trigger Warcry. And does it depend on whether or not the copy that I, the thing that I just copied it from, had already used it, which also has weird ramifications as well. Um, we already know that if a attachment, which is again, I don't like this, but it makes sense to me, if an attachment has used an ability, and if you move that same attachment, it carries its moved status with it. Which means that for all intents and purposes, if you imagine rather than the units on the board for a second, but the cards, if you put an order token on that attachment, then the order token, if you moved the attachment card, would follow the attachment card. But that has a second problem, which is, okay, has the unit that you've left used that ability this round? Because it had, but now it hasn't. So, for example, you could Lannister Supremacy from Tywin, specifically using Tywin as the source of Lannister Supremacy, he could then get assassinated, then you could get attacked again, and the guardsman that he's in could use Lannister Supremacy because the first instance was used on Tywin, not the guardsman, even though you definitely couldn't use Lannister Supremacy if you put Tywin in guardsman twice in a round. We know that to be the case. But you could do if Tywin got assassinated in between. Uh? Maybe? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like... Yeah. The thing, the thing is, is like, the, the difficulty is, is you could answer that stupid hypothetical yeah, of stupid. like, that's stupid, it doesn't happen. But the problem with coordination tactics is this is happening regularly again and again. Yes. It's happening in basically every single free front game. And a good and Dagmar games. With and, 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 and it is an entire pretext around which I built Dagmar builds. Yeah. Right? So it's actually I mean there's 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 a line of thought, there's a line of argument that says um the intent, which is very loose, the intent is that when I copy Warcry over from Mickey's unit, 
and it hasn't been used by Mickey, the other most extreme angle, that when I use it, it's used for both of us. Yes. Because I copied the ability, right? Like I didn't, you know, and, and there's nothing on the card that indicates necessarily whether that's right or wrong, but the community has mostly landed in this middle ground of acceptability, which is you can use it if the other unit hasn't used it yet, but you don't use it up for the other unit, mm. which is weird. I mean, the other two things that come off of it were basically roughly the same around like um, a, a Jack, Jack and Agar reoccurring an attachment which died the round, and and also uh, whether or not you could use once per game abilities if they've been used or not, and whether that then gives you because that that that's the new one that's come up right, which is. Mm -hmm. John in Free Folk can now be copied and he has a once per game ability. Can His that... doesn't work. His doesn't work because it's, it's a timing issue. Start a round. Start a turn. So start, start a turn, turn, but the problem being is that you can't activate it on the unit that didn't have it because it's the same trigger timing and it isn't an order. Therefore, it, the coordination tactics doesn't allow you to trigger it on the new unit. Yeah, um, yeah. I did, I did think that that one had effectively resolved itself, but the, yeah, the basically, one... you know... The weird one, like the actual one that's strange to me, which is a ruling that they have in the FAQ, is Jack and, and Jack and attachment. When you copy Jack and attachment and replace him with a previously destroyed attachment, he has used any orders that he's used that round. So, it, again, it goes back to this idea. What you're actually doing is you're not copying the attachment. What you're doing is you're taking the attachment card with that order token on and now putting it over in that unit basically like you're you're not playing what the board is and the state of things are on the board you're playing the state of this kind of card game that they've got going on with the unit cards and attachment cards and and that that ruling while i don't disagree and say like oh that's really stupid or it just it's just it is stupid. tracking it is stupid it's it's just tracking for tracking's sake that seems way more complex than it need be. Um, yeah. Anyway, those things are yeah, just a mess. And this, comes, and this comes back to this core concept around order tokens and the fact that they basically are utilizing order tokens, activation tokens, to mean so much more than the rules state that they mean, right? Yes. Like, they... But even people very in tune with the game don't necessarily know what what that's supposed to be literally the only person who seems to know and understand what that's supposed to be is the brain of michael chanel to him it's like well of course it's this and everybody else is like you're what and the funniest shit he makes a ruling says of course it's this and then when they do update the faq it's the opposite way to what he said anyway which has literally happened. <laughs> so, you know, uh, taunt yeah. specifically taunt. And yeah, and yeah, we and yeah, we, we we need him to come back and start answering the forum again. Yeah. The silence is starting to becoming deafening. Anyway, let's move on. Let's move on to the events. Not quite. I've got one last thing I wanted to go through before we uh, go on to the events. <laughs> so the last thing today um, is from uh, Prince Whiskey. Uh, Prince Whiskey 
um, sent me a, a kind message, I believe it was earlier today. Yes. Um, he he just sent us a message saying thank you, basically. Um, he's uh, he's had some health issues, for want of a better term, um, and he's been unable to really do much, uh, from what I gather, um, including, like, he's basically unable to talk. Um, and he's uh, he's been basically bedbound. Um, uh, he was going back through and watching old content on the game from stats from us um, and uh, listening obviously to Tony Grounds and things like that. Um, and he said it really cheered Ground. I know, right? Uh, and he said it really cheered him up. Um, and uh, it allows him to forget a world, forget the world for a moment, and to like the escapism uh, that we talk about when it comes to you know why we do hobbies and things like that. Um, and so yeah, he just sent us a nice message saying uh, thanks, and um, I wanted to just point it out to say well thank you for watching of course and thanks for the kind message but also get well like that's actually the most important thing i really hope that um your health recovers because you know uh without going into detail it doesn't sound like it's great at the moment um and i really don't you know i really do hope that things get better and you know having met you in person uh i'm pretty sure you know i'd love to see you back over the table um as well so is the most important thing is seeing you at events and of course the LGT later on in the year, which I'm no doubt you'll be returning to. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, get well soon, yeah, bud. Get well soon. Yeah, get well soon. Um, life's shit sometimes. Yeah. Interesting, actually. Um, I was recently, for whatever reason, people have recently been watching the um, uh. Carlo Pace's depths, which was the <laughs> in-depth, in-depth deep dive discussion around Lannister list building back in 2021. And you know, some comment. Uh, I, I get notifications when people make comments on those videos, right? So that, mm. that's how I'm aware that people are still watching them, and uh, specifically that people are still commenting on it. Um, obviously, content like that. It is now old, but like you know, it lasts. It lasts much longer than Tony Ground, right? Like Tony Tony Ground is a weekly show. We talk about what's happening right now, what's going on right now. So I am surprised that people are still watching a thing which specifically talks about twenty twenty one. But there wasn't. There was a comment actually just recently, which actually just made me laugh. Like I, I thought it was really. But I mean, like I find it funny in uh, in in the ironic sense which was uh, it was quite a scathing comment which basically said uh, that they thought it was really sad that i had built these lannister lists and that they weren't thematic and that i would use a unit which i don't have any thematic care for because i think it's powerful and i just <laughs> i just i just thought to myself <laughs> Man, this is not the content for you. <laughs> I just thought I've just spent an hour and a half talking about deep dive tactics, about unit efficiency, and why why this is important for game mechanics. And your response is that's not very thematic. And I thought, well, thanks for commenting. <laughs> truly, truly, genuinely, thank you for commenting. <laughs> it the made funny, my day. <laughs> the funniest shit is, is that he's not even wrong, right? He's actually right. Like he's just straight up right. Uh, and yeah. it's like fair play, 
Fair play I, to you. If you've watched this video... I, you know, oh. It makes me uneasy um, uh, when, uh, you know, like, uh, thinking that uh, I'm on a podcast when I'm not the least nice person. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, you know, someone's got to be the bad boy of Song of Ice and Fire. <laughs> mm. Hey, I'm really hoping some of the other... I know that... Um... Lords of the North have started doing some more stuff, which is great. Um, uh, but we've seen a bit of a a quieting down, if you will. Uh, Scadman, get your blog up and going again. That was good. I enjoyed reading your blog, mm. Scadders. I haven't seen enough of your blog recently. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll get something, uh, or hope to get something in the lead up, and definitely after this uh, Welsh GT, which yep. uh, I think we're what like uh, three weeks away from now, or something like that. We'll um. Timu, you know, over Finland, I think he's he's uh, he's got a campaign starting up soon, I believe, or he's got something running soon. Um, so we'll probably hear from from the community up there and see his blogs appear again. Um, haven't seen any new stuff, although I haven't actually checked. Haven't seen any new stuff from Shane um, over at Boardman Gaming. Is it Board? Yeah, Boardman Gaming, isn't it? Yeah. I always get the names confused with some of these things. Yeah, but we haven't seen that much. We the Sunday Slaughter crew, obviously just uh, Chris, the legend that he is, finishing off the last season not that long ago. Um, and he's got loads of videos from tournaments coming up that he's releasing over time, I believe. Uh, but we haven't seen their podcast run for a while now, which is a big shame. Um, you know, uh, it's it's weird out there. It's uh, it's weird because like. The content's changing a lot, and uh, the people doing the content's changed, and it seems weird to still be here, which you know we'll talk about next week probably anyway. Uh, yeah, Lee oh, Teddy yeah, just um, his. Lee, Lee Teddy's road road back to competitive, road back to competitive gaming. Yeah, that one. Uh, did he? That one. That that one always brought a smile to my face. Did he get there? Do you think he's just that was the road? It was just very short. Yeah. That was it. Oh, that wasn't too hard. <laughs> um, he, beat, he beat me like three games in a row, and he was like, "Made it. I made it, <laughs> mum and dad." <laughs> I'm good. Hey, I found this old washed up scrub and beam a couple of times. Does this mean I'm good now? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, um yeah, no, I'd love to see I always see love to see more content. Um Peter, have you thought about doing anything with the Polish guys? Uh you need just to scroll up and you'll see. Ah, yeah, but not uh, not tournaments. I, I want, oh, I want, no, I want no, like, no. content. Are we not going to get Team Pivnica like gaming yeah. from the gaming from the basement content? I want to see that shit. Okay. <laughs> oh, but it would probably be in Polish, and? which I don't speak very well yet. <laughs> so that would make it harder for me. I'm sure you can just get, yeah, just drink and enjoy it. Um, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that should help. Yeah. Cool. So, so, uh, so, uh, so you want like the uh, the the Polish specific, uh, uh, Polish scene specific content on on Son of Ice and Fire? Yeah, of course. I, I, I want I want Blood Raven to come and tell me why his triple uh, triple warrior sons list is uh, gonna gonna define the Lannister faction and how he's gonna win the LGT. With... Uh, the, whoa, whoa, whoa! He won't uh, win the LGT. Just invite him. He won't win the LGT. He's not competitive. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no. all all past experience indicates that Blood Raven is actually really into the Lannister faith theme. Mm -hmm. He's really in, in <laughs> it for the law. Only for thematic reasons. He's only in it for thematic reasons. Yeah. 
anyway, yeah. Peter, go on. Oh yeah, oh yeah, right. He he he. Uh, when I also like uh, criticized the tournament about um, not having enough rounds, he said, "Well, that matters." He, uh, um, something along the lines that um, uh, you're really right if, uh, if you if you care, and I don't. And that was also like. Uh, uh, I guess that was quite ironical in the way. Uh, now maybe he does. Uh, um, uh, anybody, anybody watching their chess uh, now will know that the candidates is on. Um, anyone will know that this is a bit of a segue. But uh, Hikaru Nakamura, the the largest chess streamer, currently doing quite well in the candidates. Won't spoil it for anyone who's not been watching the games. Um, but his 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 motto is literally don't care. And he's like one of the like the third or fourth best player in the world, basically at chess. So is that, is that Blood Raven? I, I, I think he just literally be, doesn't care. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I, I think for Hikaru it would be quite hard to 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 to, to qualify like for the. Um, yeah, I think he's five point five uh, and the first. Well, again, I didn't want to like, didn't want to spoil it for anyone. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh. But Hikaru literally doesn't care. Bloodraven literally doesn't care. So maybe Bloodraven is actually one of the best players in the yeah. world. There we go. Secretly hiding it. Very well might be. Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, we'll we'll stop going down that line. Uh, trigger Carlo off a little bit there. Uh, and we'll look at some events. Um, uh, we've got the event happening in Granville in France. Uh, starting on Wednesday. Very odd day to start a local league. Um. But hey ho, it's a local league. If the Wednesday's their gaming night, Wednesday's their gaming night, fine, whatever. Um, yeah, so that's happening in Granville in France. We have an event happening in uh, Saint Denis, La Réunion. I have no idea where that is, but anyway, that's happening. Isn't, that, isn't that the? Um, oh, is yeah. No, that, is that, that the one in the middle of the map? I keep forgetting. <laughs> yes, the what? The, yeah, the yeah, island yeah. reunion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cool. Got some players there. Not players I've heard of. New community. Uh, so, so technically in France. Yes, yeah. technically French. Um, we've got uh, the uh, the Rhine and the Ruhr uh, event happening in Essen, Germany. Uh, this is is this the um, the one I think it is. No. I don't know which which one do you think it is? No, so I thought that I thought there was going to be uh, the likes of Larks and things going to an event in Essen. I, uh, I believe uh, I don't know about Essen, but I believe Larks and Psychopath uh, mm -hmm. played a, a tournament just last weekend. Uh, um, right, might be that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've got another one happening in Kazan uh, in the Mind Games loft. Sounds amazing. Uh, so that's happening this weekend as well. Um, oh no, it's yeah, it is. What? Hang on, what day are we on? Jesus. It's July next month. It's July next this weekend. Fucking hell. Yep. Right. I'm miles out with my dates. Uh, we've got another event happening in Poland. Is this one that you're attending? Or of not? course. Of course. It's 20, 20 player event. You've just had a 30 player event. Is this going to be the same 20 players? Uh, it's, it is. No, that's what... Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but basically, like, I just almost stopped playing uh, outside of the tournaments because there are so many that I can just play every weekend in a tournament, so why bother? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I, uh, 
I, I'd love that myself, you know, to play, uh, to play three games, just, just a three, three games a week uh, on a Saturday, you know, it'd effectively be uh, mm-hmm. club night on steroids. Club night on steroids every week. Uh, we've got another event happening in Belgium, uh, I think. This is the one I think uh, it is. No, it's not. Okay. There is an event that um, I know that uh, the Belgians are getting a couple of French players because it's near the border. Um, they were looking to, like, can I, can I get a bit of crossover there, which would be fantastic. Uh, we've got another event happening in France on Sunday um, in Thionville. Uh, we've got an event happening in Madrid, um, in Spain. Yeah, Kingdom War Games is Kingdom War Games. Uh, obviously the main drivers, I'm pretty sure, behind the old uh, that, that, Clash that, of Regions. That uh yeah. their, their, their name was definitely involved in it in the past yeah definitely uh, and they're looking like um yeah they're looking like they're ready to go we've got um uh that's next weekend i can't talk about that one i'm sorry canada you've got no dragons and you've got no spot on this week's tony ground so um we've got one two three four five six seven Eight events happening this week, again, in a healthy amount um, between now and next Monday. Um, you looking forward to yours, Peter? Uh, towards what? You looking forward to your event? Yeah. Looking forward, forward to the event? Getting some games in? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I, I'm looking forward to, uh, to the tournament or a, or a quick, uh, quick rundown of commanders that you're gonna play. Yeah, yeah. Are you still, still playing Targaryens or what? What faction? Uh, actually, I was uh, actually I was thinking to play Targaryen without Cal. Oh, okay, fair. No, that's I, fair. I, 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 I suggested I suggested the following deal. Uh, I play uh, Targaryen without Cal. Marsara play um, uh, Free f- uh, Folk without Mans. Uh, Bloodraven plays Lannister without Marbrand, and Swavek just plays Greyjoy because they suck anyway. <laughs> I... Masara's not had a good time recently. He's not been winning very many games. I think he's on a bit of a slump. You've been doing quite well, but I don't know... Mm. Uh, I, I mean, Pete, Peter's going to come out here and prove you wrong and win a, Bel- a Bellwass-only tournament. Maybe you win a Bellwass... If Bellwass wins games at the event, Peter, kudos. I'll try my best. I have one, oh. uh, uh, one actually tournament-related question, and that would be a question that is linking uh, the tournament, uh, this War Factor event, and mm-hmm. the LGT. So listen carefully. So the question is, should I bring to LGT... Two rosters or four rosters? Yeah. Um, so you, I assume you're talking about the the Friday event versus the main event. Uh, I'm talking about which event on Friday should I go? Because if it's <laughs> one event that I, I, I would, I, I wasn't exactly sure if you're if you're if you're <laughs> if you're labeling that question like ah, I see, I see. Um, Pete, Pete is asking if he has a spot in the Invitational. Yeah, <laughs> For those who translation. Are, I mean, this is actually one of the major reasons why I was really disappointed that it was three rounds. Uh, I find uh, 
it's it's a very big event and like if it had been a fourth round then absolutely i definitely would have invited the winner i had actually assumed it was going to be a fourth round and i was going to yeah. invite the winner um this was way before it was you peter or before uh before i knew who it was um three rounds is tough uh there are there are some other equivalent uh at least one of the equivalent tournament which ran in the uk which i already decided not to give a place to because it was three rounds yeah i do genuinely need to take a look at exactly how many people haven't been invited what tournaments are left um and uh and and i know there are there are a number of people who you know have have met we call it like three out of four of the requirements that are in my mind of kind of being invited and, th and this this effectively um, was big enough no, no, was one, I mean, all these like things <laughs> so uh you may you may get an invitation in the post uh in the coming weeks but uh you haven't met every yeah. single entry requirement just yet so uh you're one so. of the guys you're one of the guys on the door where uh carl yeah. is like right I've got 12, I need four more. Either way, then I will be fine bringing Joffrey and beating your asses on Friday. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. Can't wait to see it. Can't wait to see it. Oh, right. But I win, I mean, uh, I, I mean I'm waiting while they uh, actually, like, uh, they will play Joff Joffrey so badly that he gets where he he deserves to so we'll see <laughs> waiting for people to actually take on the challenge of joffrey and lose with him to make him even worse yeah yeah i just actually before we call it for the week i am actually going to see who is it still tywin who's or neutrals i should say propping up it is no rob stark has snuck down underneath neutrals okay uh, rob stark okay okay, okay. challenging uh, rob stark what a Did Swavik run a lot of Rob? No, he didn't. Um, uh, a 10 activation start list? Try it. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, at that point, guys, we'll leave it there. Poor Rob Stark. Um, thank you very much for tuning in, everyone. Again, thank you very much, Peter, for being here with us. Uh, next week will indeed be the 100th episode. Um, we'll do all some fun things i think i don't really know we'll see what's got planned we'll see what i end up getting done um, <laughs> with a glow with a glowing uh with a glowing insights as to what you'll receive how could you possibly not turn up now <laughs> so uh carla hasn't seen these yet because they came today um but i did get some pre kind of like effectively our pre-order for want of a better term of something that i said to carlo was going to happen a while ago um but I had to take the plunge and actually do it. Um, so I'm going to show those after stats so you don't get to see them this week. Plus, you wouldn't like them anyway. They're terrible. Uh, but next week, there might be a thing that patrons would enjoy. Um, so there you go. But also a thing that other people might want to enjoy and potentially uh, compete for at some big events coming up. Um, and uh, apart from that, um, what else we got? Oh, yeah. We might have something else, but we'll have to see if it if they say yes. <laughs> more keen insights like that how could you not be there i know right the, the mystery is palpable guys the suspense the is killing even me yes the shroud of unknowingness has clouded even my judgment right anyway with that we will uh, leave it for the week thank you very much for all tuning in again thank you peter and carlo for joining me again and uh, we will catch you all next monday uh -huh. thank you guys 
I know. Ready, aim, release!